From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Uh, anything happen in the uh, last couple of hours? Just wondering. Hold on, I'm writing myself an important important note here. Because not lost on me, I haven't heard anybody mention this, but not lost on me is the fact that one day after raising taxes on every American, you see this circus stunt to just take the attention totally away as the Democrats continue to implement socialist awful policies and then the moment the vote is over they change the name of the entire event notice you will not see the inflation reduction act anymore now it is a health care climate change legislation let me just finish writing myself a note after raising i'm not writing anybody back because i'm just getting absolutely inhumanly bombarded one day after raising ta- and it's not that i don't want to write you back i can't keep up raising taxes even barack obama knew you don't raise taxes during a recession here were my initial thoughts last night minding my own business really wanting to completely decompress and uh, watch something totally different. So I watched a little bit of the coverage, and then I said, that's it, and I completely turned it off and didn't need to see any more, didn't want to see any more. I wrote 11 hours ago, it's a very dangerous time in America, a politically fraught moment in American history. President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home has been raided by the FBI. Biden has weaponized government like never before. Why hasn't Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, the Pelosi's, and other Democrats ever faced such raids? It's 90 days from one of the most important elections in American history. The FBI has always had a practice of not engaging in conduct such as this close to an election. Watch how this backfires on Biden and the Democrats This is unprecedented in American history. And again, all I wanted to do was completely turn this stuff off for just like five, six hours. Is that too much to ask? Uh, But I couldn't. So my next item of business was a phone call to Congressman Van Drew, who we, I believe, I'm the only member of the media to have a comment from Congressman Van Drew. Let me tell you how um, this went. I spoke with United States Congressman Jeff Van Drew minutes after the FBI raided former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home in Florida. President Trump was in New York at the time of the unprecedented Monday, August 8th, 2022 raid. Numerous national media reports have stated that the purpose of the raid was to take back 
certain presidential records that Trump allegedly had in his possession. In a back and forth question and answer session, we posed the following questions and topics regarding the raid to Congressman Van Drew. Number one, as a member of a co-equal branch of government, what is your immediate reaction to the FBI raid of President Trump's home? Van Drew's response, this FBI raid of former President Trump's home is unprecedented and only has a place in third world countries. It's absolutely true. Not anymore. Number two, does United States Attorney General Merrick Garland have some explaining to do here? Quote from Congressman Van Drew, Merrick Garland must be investigated. He must be held accountable for this partisan attack on a former president. Number three, is there a different standard of justice being applied here? Trump versus Biden, Clinton, etc. Quote, our sitting president's son has yet to be investigated for his dealings with our foreign adversaries. Yet at the same time, a former president's home is being raided due to their political beliefs. Quote, unquote, said Congressman Van Drew. Number four. What do you say to New Jerseyans and the American people concerned today that the Biden administration is weaponizing federal law enforcement to go after perceived political enemies? Quote, said Van Drew, election day is only three months from today, and you have to wonder if this was timed to impact the results. It won't, said Van Drew. Now, I shared some thoughts following this interview with Congressman Van Drew. The FBI even brought a safe cracker with them and broke into Trump's private safe, apparently more than one. Various national media reports have confirmed that the safe was empty. By comparison, Hillary Clinton was found to have more than 30,000 government documents in her possession in her own illegal private computer server. Some of the documents were top secret code in nature. I didn't explain top secret code. Top secret is top secret, and there are different levels of top secret. Top secret code are documents that actually have handwriting on them of the president or other high-ranking people involved with the documents. It was also proven that Hillary Clinton destroyed some of the documents even after they were the subject of a federal subpoena. Wouldn't you think that would have been the time for some nasty no-knock raid when you do have somebody destroying evidence? The Clinton team, you may or may not remember, used pickaxes, bleach bit to destroy digital devices and electronic evidence. Yet Clinton was not the subject of an FBI raid at any time. Also, former FBI Director James Comey publicly acknowledged Clinton's wrongdoing, yet purposefully declined to prosecute her. A disturbing double standard, to say the least. Do you remember Sandy Burglar, a.k.a. Sandy Berger? Sandy Burglar stuffed secret code documents in his pants what happened to him nothing 
these documents had Bill Clinton's handwriting on them. And the man stuffed them in his pants. Stole them. Nothing happened. Do you think they did a no-knock raid on his house? Wouldn't you do that? Somebody already proved they stole documents. Maybe he had more hidden. Boy, I'll tell you, I can't wait. My only problem is with all this is Republicans don't play this way, though. So they'll get power back one day, and then let's see what they do with it. Imagine Hunter Biden. No knock, no uh no raids on him. This guy's cutting millions of dollars worth of dirty deals with our adversaries. No problem. Any no knock raids on Joe Biden's Delaware home? See if there's anything in there. Any intellectual curiosity, any interest whatsoever? about Biden Inc. Have you been willing to acknowledge the truth that every time they go after Trump, there's nothing. The safe is empty. It's Al Capone's vault. Nothing. But yet there's all this evidence, real evidence about the Bidens, the son, the brother, the father. And yet nothing. Nothing at all. And you watch. Sometimes you just know how something's, something is going to turn out. Hunter Biden is going to make a deal. Somebody else already paid back millions in taxes for him. No IRS implications there, right? Because those new 87,000 IRS agents. Look, there's 700 low. I forget exactly the number. But a little more than 700 billionaires in existence in America. You think 87,000 IRS agents, not to count the ones they already have, do you think that you need 87,000 to just go after 700 people? They're coming after anybody they want for anything. I'll tell you, we can't have an election fast enough. We have an absolutely criminal government. This is Stasi-like. Very, very dangerous. 17 minutes past the hour. I'm not even started yet. Fox News commentary. Law enforcement officers are leaving the force in record numbers. Perhaps the defund and demonize platform wasn't so wise after all. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next. It's one of the top 5K events in America today, held on the last Sunday in September. The Tunnel to Towers 5K Run and Walk New York City event. That signature event has inspired about 80 other runs, walks, and climbs across our nation. Proceeds from events, including dozens of golf outings and barbecues, support the Foundation's programs. Register for an event in your area, volunteer to start one, and join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org.
Record-breaking exodus with over 1,000 NYPD officers set to leave the department in 2022, many before their full pensions set in. Why? Well, it's not hard to figure out. Law enforcement has never been an easy job, but when you take that, add the defund and demonize movement, plus felon-coddling policies like so-called bail reform, and mix in Democrat politicians who have turned their backs on officers, this is what you get. So now what? The already increasing dangerous, violent, and lawless streets get worse. Policing isn't a job, it's a calling, but with few incentives left, we can't be surprised that fewer brave men and women are willing to answer the call. The solution is not to just refund departments, but change the way pop culture and the media treats our men and women in blue. Change the policies, change the morale, and back the blue. Our safety depends on it. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can listen to all of my hot takes at foxnewscommentary.com. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Do you think it's a coincidence that Trump, Stone, Manafort, Giuliani, I'm sure I'm leaving out uh, some, some of the gang, uh, that they all get the FBI raids, but Hillary Clinton and none of the rest? No problem. The other side can do anything. Think about it. The FBI had... The Hunter, I hear some people say they had it for one year. They had it for two years. The FBI had the Hunter Biden laptop for two years. And remember, they were going to completely kill the whole thing. And then you had that computer tech store owner that put it into the hands of other people. Smartest thing he ever did. This guy probably could have ended up being dead. They destroyed him anyhow. Another another guy that gets wrecked because they they decide who who gets protected and who they come after and destroy. But he put it in the hands of Miranda Devine and a few other people, and then the FBI couldn't hide it anymore. Of course, they've done nothing. And you watch, they're going to cut. I know it. They're going to cut him such a cushy deal. And see, I'm not I'm not into. I don't want anybody you know, to, to go to jail or anything like that. They, they, I, I saw some of the um, social media. Uh, it was so vicious last night. I mean, these, these loony, crazy, uh, they're not Democrats. They're, they're, they're animals. They were celebrating this raid. The same people that hide and protect Hunter Biden let me share something with you that is incontrovertible. This is not the Inflation Reduction Act. It's really not even health care and climate change legislation. It, it is a Democrat seek and destroy and, and achieve even more consolidated supreme power. After all, why would you add 87,000 IRS agents to harass Americans? They'll have 165,000. There's only 23,000 people in the Department of State. There's only 35,000 people in the Federal Department of Justice. And there's only 67,000 people in the Customs and Border Protection. So we have more IRS agents than we have all three of the other areas that I just shared with you. Also, see if you can take exception with this. I can't. President Trump said these are dark times for our nation, as my beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago, in Palm Beach, Florida, is currently under siege, raided and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. 
this unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate. It is prosecutorial misconduct, the weaponization of the justice system and an attack by radical left Democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president. Hillary Clinton was allowed to delete and acid wash 33,000 emails after they were subpoenaed by Congress. Absolutely nothing has happened to hold her accountable. Then I'll tell you what I did. I said, that's enough. And I put the movie Grease on because I like it. And I want to take my mind. That was that was what was going on with the president. Number one, because he's a friend. Number two, I'd feel bad if it was any American. No American should go through that. Now, he wasn't even there. You realize they're only supposed to do that if they have all kinds of evidence that a crime has been committed. Now, they know that crimes were committed by Hillary Clinton, and they didn't do this. You, you, you probably think that she's happy that this happened. I can guarantee you she's not happy that this happened because it brings her back uh, into focus. Because she is guilty. Once again, Trump gets accused of what the Democrats are actually guilty of. It's 100% of the time. Here's also something that you can be rest assured 100% of the time. You can always count on the Democrats to go too far. And this latest circus stunt, I guarantee you, is going to backfire big time. It doesn't stop President Trump from running. In fact, it ensures that he will. It will increase his fundraising, which is already solid. Everything they do to Trump, he comes out on top. If and they won't, if they took a survey and asked the American people, what do you think of this raid of President of President Trump's home? Other than the absolute lunatic fringe Trump deranged nutbags and you know who you are some of you are listening right now it will poll terribly for the Democrats if you polled the American people do you think Joe Biden is behind this 75% of the American people would say yes Joe Biden I didn't know anything I didn't know anything about this yeah let me let me tell you about Joe Biden in fact I'll save this for after the break. Andy Biggs, who we've interviewed, Congressman, uh, said, and he's from Arizona, said that this is an authoritarian government. Tom Foley wrote me about a half hour ago, said we now live in a third world nation. Let's see. Here it is. I'll tell you more about this after the break. They caught Biden yesterday in Kentucky without a teleprompter. This is the key. I'm telling you, Biden without a teleprompter is mashugana. He's Looney Tunes. Completely vacant of any awareness of anything. They asked him about, Mr. President, Mr. President, what does the inflation bill cover? And he said, health care, 
God knows what else. Quote, end quote. He doesn't know what's in it. Because he doesn't know what day it is. But what he is still able to do is read a teleprompter. He can still do that. Like when Reagan was signing his name at the, um, at the Reagan ranch at the office. And they're doing them on book plates and signing books and signing all these different things for the Reagan store. Because he could keep signing his name. Sign your name, Ron. Just keep signing your name. And he would sign his name beautifully. Biden can read a teleprompter, but the day is going to come where he won't be able to do that. Then what are we going to do? Mr. President, what does the inflation bill cover? Health care. God knows what else. God help our country. We're in trouble. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Approaching 31 minutes past the hour, Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. My exclusive interview with Congressman Jeff Andrew from last night and his blistering assessment of the FBI raid of President Trump's home. Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds, it happened just as we said unanimously yesterday. We have the story. And this Saturday and Sunday at the Summers Point Gateway Playhouse. Bye-bye, Birdie. I know it's going to be great. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. I always try to differentiate between regular summertime heat and extreme heat. And today we're back in the danger zone one more time. 80 this morning, 95 for a high. The heat index could go to 105. Sunning clouds and a chance of a late day thunderstorm. Lingering showers tonight, low 74. Tomorrow, partly sunny. Less humid, high 86. Thunderstorm chances again late day tomorrow. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I just read the funniest thing during the break. It's um, hilarious. Someone defending Biden. Uh, Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you, there's 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 help. Please seek, seek and you shall you shall receive it. It's out there. Please, please get it. Whew. Oh, my gosh. It, it, it just amazes me. This portion of Hurley in the Morning brought to us in part by Batteries Plus Bulbs. This is Harry Hurley for Batteries Plus Bulbs with stores in Northfield at 900 Tilton Road and Route 73 in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Roy, Scott, and their team are extraordinarily service-minded, and they have creative solutions to fix your cell phones and tablets, batteries for your various power tools, cars, boats, motorcycles, golf carts, and other devices. They have performance batteries. They have what you need to get ready for storm season, including generators and so much more. Shop local, shop batteries plus bulbs, and tell Roy and Scott that Harry Hurley sent you. They do it all. Cell phone and tablet repairs. No appointment is necessary. Just stop in for quick service. They're your destination for car batteries. Stop in, get free installation right on the spot. They'll even dispose of your old battery. And they are heavy. So if you're wondering, oh my God, I have to go schlep this battery and take the other one out and put this one in and hope I can mount it in the mounting tray and the, the, 
the bar that goes across the top and all these things, if you've ever tried to do it, they'll do it all for you. And don't get lost in some big box store wandering around to try to find what you need. Roy Scott and the team at Batteries Plus, they understand your time is valuable and they really do enjoy serving you. Also, they have lithium battery power supplies that everyone should have on their boat and in their home in case of an emergency. I heard a listener the other day say that's exactly what they need and they're going to get one for their home. Batteries plus bulbs. 40 minutes, 39 minutes past the hour. Kirk Conover coming up at 7. Chuck Malamut at 8. And I do believe Dr. Bob Zlotnick today in the 9 o'clock hour. You know, I've been saying from the very beginning that Governor Ron DeSantis just keeps doing the right things. It's not the right thing. It's multiple. It's plural. At every turn, he did the right things during COVID-19. He didn't lock down Florida like a lot of the Democrat states did. And look at the difference. Look at the difference in terms of the results. I saw Tim Scott yesterday for a bit on uh, Fox News on The Five. He was terrific. And I, I loved what he said. Well, I didn't like, I didn't like the, um, the underlying point. But get a load of this. What the Democrats did during COVID-19, they got trillions of dollars that they never could have gotten in new spending, all under the, the, the guise, disguise, whatever you want to call it, of COVID-19. There was all this money that got sent to public schools. Tim Scott has confirmed he has the data. Only 7% of it has been spent. This is two and a half years. Two and a half years later, 93% is not paid. Here's what I think should happen. I think that money should be just taken back. All these grants and things like that are use it or lose it. 93% unspent with the devastating effects to children and their education during COVID-19. Here's what I say. Take the money back. Give it to parents. Award parents with grants. Find out their needs. Tim Scott also said that there's an estimate of what this cost. The lost education for children has a price tag to it of two plus trillion dollars that will be lost because of it. That money should go back. You didn't need it. So they're all fat. Their their budgets are fat and happy and they didn't spend it. Why didn't they spend it? When they were losing children, why didn't they go find them? Get them the help that they needed. Some of the children killed themselves. I'll tell you what, and it's largely Democrats. You have messed this country up so bad it is almost unrecognizable with what you've done. Now, I mentioned DeSantis. He just keeps doing the right thing. 
And I, I tell you, he's going to be rewarded for it. I don't know when, but he's been fabulous. So what do some, even if you're not, if you're a frenemy, what do some people do immediately upon somebody else's bad news? They issue some statement. Well, this is very concerning. I mean, I'm sure awful Liz Cheney, except she's so afraid she's about to lose her seat. But don't worry. She'll be on a Democrat news station and then she'll be running for president five minutes later. So don't worry about Liz Cheney. But usually what an opponent or a perceived opponent or potential future opponent would say, even if it's if it's cryptic, uh, very concerned about what I've learned uh, and just have some nasty, cryptic way of making President Trump look like some kind of criminal. Instead, DeSantis leapt to Trump's defense. Instead, lambasting the FBI raid. That's not only the right thing to do. That's also good politics. Smart. Quote, the raid of Mar-a-Lago is another escalation in the weaponization of federal agencies against the regime's political opponents, while people like Hunter Biden get treated with kid gloves. Now the regime is getting another 87,000 IRS agents to wield against its adversaries, question mark. Banana Republic? It's perfect. Perfect comment. Whether he's going to run for president in 2024 or if he's not going to, the perfect defense. It's sharply worded. It's a rebuke of the FBI, the FBI's raid, the weaponization. Just remember, if you follow my doctrine, everything the Democrats say, just the opposite is the truth. They say Trump has a problem. He, they are the ones with the problem. Everything they say and do, they're guilty of. And they come after the side that's not guilty to take the heat, the attention off of them. We'll be back in just a few minutes. It's 45 minutes past the hour. Kirk Conover coming up in about 20 minutes. Chuck Malamut in the 8 o'clock hour. Obviously a lot to talk about in terms of financial matters. A lot going on. This bill that over 230 economists have said increases inflation and increases taxes. And also the Congressional Budget Office, CBO, has said that it does nothing to help inflation. How, how, do, you, how do you spend three quarters of a trillion dollars and call it the Inflation Reduction Act and it actually increases inflation? In what world besides bizarro world? Is this possible? Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. 
healthy life. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean Hannity. We're back 51 minutes past the hour. I mentioned DeSantis just keeps doing the right things. Here's another thing he's doing that's very, very good. He has launched basically a stump for Trump tour of the candidates that President Trump is supporting. And he is endorsing these candidates in a unite and win rally tour that is being headed by DeSantis. And it's supporting the candidates that have been endorsed by President Trump. And it, it's smart because they're candidates that have a really good chance to win. And it's smart because you stay united. Now, Fox News sent me something 10 seconds, not even 10 seconds before we were coming back. And the headline reads, Trump drops major 2024 hint after FBI raids Mar-a-Lago, Republican slam DOJ and more. Uh, to, to this fool that I know is listening, that is writing like hundreds of words uh, on my social media page, you've been, what, how do I put this? You've been vaporized, digitally speaking, of course. I've deleted your garbage. Uh Everybody is using the term raid because that's what it is. I found the one jackass that says it's not a raid. What would you call it when unwanted people come to your home and take stuff and don't even look at what they're taking? How's that allowed in America? I thought you get a warrant for specific things because you believe a crime has been committed. And that's why a judge, who I guarantee you, that judge that signed that has got to be a butte. Why don't they release that name of whoever signed the warrant to allow this of a president of the United States? First time in American history something like this has been done. So to all the Democrats that you think you're going to make President Trump not run, you cannot stop him. If you indict him, you will not stop him. Look, I have one concern. If he were indicted in a Washington, D.C. grand jury and you would have a Washington, D.C. jury, that, that's concerning. New York City, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Seattle, L.A., San Francisco. I mean, you can name certain places where if President Trump was standing trial there, but really nowhere in America would there not be at least one juror who would say, God, get the hell out of here with this, this political attack. This is Soviet style, what's going on, weaponizing, using the apparatus of government to go after political enemies. This really should chill people to their core. All right, so let's see if I can find, I see the headline. Here we go. Oh, very interesting. President Trump, I'm going to look at it during the top of the hour break. President Trump has released a campaign ad style video in the latest hint that the former president may be building up to a run 
for the White House in 2024. And oh boy, when he when he declares, I win, I win two things. I win for sure a dinner at Capriccio restaurant. That was that was fantastic. I thought, oh my gosh, this is this is automatic. This is like breathing air. This is he's absolutely running. I would be asked so many times, how do you know? I said, well, number one, he hates to lose. Number two, he doesn't think he lost. And there's no way he's not going to run. It's so simple. And he's going to win. The only difference in the atmosphere, I will give the Democrats this. They mucked it up a lot with the January 6th stuff insofar as I think the chatter would be very different. Trump leads Biden in any polling, uh, even with all this subterfuge that they're doing, distraction stuff. But if that January 6th stuff was not there, the Democrats are running their midterm election gambit, their, their Hail Mary on January 6th and abortion. Good luck with with all that. When the American people are concerned about inflation, the increase in taxes you just gave them during a deep recession. Some will say it's not a recession at all. Uh, No, it is. You, you, You have to ignore reality to say that it's not. see what else we have here in our fabulous stack of stuff. Oh, this was great. I'm glad I have a couple of minutes to, uh, to share this with you. Apple is dropping made in Taiwan labeling to kowtow to China. Look how all these Democrats race to appease China, but they'll trash their former president. They'll trash Americans. Components used in Apple products must now include labels that tie together Taiwan with mainland China. This is to keep China happy. A Japanese business publication reported this last week because, of course, the American media is not going to. Unbelievable. Obviously, the label was correct. If it's made in Taiwan, why would you have to put anything about China? Made in Taiwan with the approval of China. So they're going to tie a label, adding China to the label. (laughs) Oh, we're living in sick times. So bad. Oh, I wish the music didn't just happen. I had so much more. Uh, 25 states, the Democrat media hunting stories, fishing. 25 states now have gas under $4 a gallon. We're not one of them. 25 states. And as though that's good. Do you see the trick the Democrat media tries to pull off? Hey, did you know 
57 straight days, the gas prices have come down. I don't even think that's true, but they keep saying it's true. I don't see mine coming down every day. I look. I go by that thing at least twice a day, usually four times a day, because I'm invariably making round trip here to the radio station and from my home office a few times. Always twice, many times four and beyond. Uh, It's not coming down every day, and it's still twice as much as it was 18 months ago. Kirk Conover is next. No one does what we do. Let's keep it going. It's early in the morning. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Six minutes past the hour in the Banana Republic, formerly known as the United States of America. Kirk Conover joins us. Kirk, what was your reaction last night when you learned about the fact that the FBI raided President Trump's home? Well, I was very uh, disgusted by the whole event, and I thought it was uh, a black mark on the, the country, a black mark on the FBI, Department of Justice. It's something that uh, in my lifetime, I never thought I'd ever see anything like it. And the other thing I noted in watching the different coverage is I think this far left outfit, Occupy Washington, gave it all away. They issued a statement saying that the 1978 Documents Act, if it's violated by anybody, that person can never run for office. And I think that's the whole purpose of it. You know, they're... They're, they're hanging it on, you know, he's got... Well, then, well then, then President Trump has to have a cellmate, Hillary Clinton, because she had all kinds of uh, top-secret government documents. She had them on a illegal toilet server, and nothing happened to her. Kirk, I, I promise you, I've had about 10 people send me that law. There's no way, there's no way they're going to get away with that. I agree. I think it's uh, a whole uh, show of force, basically, uh, try to intimidate uh, Trump and his supporters. But you know how that works. He, yeah, he's it, got the guts to fight back. Well, and so do his supporters. What What happens here? The Democrats reach too far every time. It always backfires on them. All this is going to do is motivate. Uh, Trump supporters and and in fact people that just look at this and and know when something is inherently unfair. I mean, the FBI knew that Hillary Clinton and her team they were destroying documents, they were destroying digital devices with pickaxes and bleach bit. Uh, they didn't do any raid on them. No, this is like I said, it's uh, it's like a show trial, to show a force and. Uh, as you said, uh, you know, they've overreached. And I'll tell you, I never thought I'd live to see the day when what you said earlier in the 6 o'clock hour that the FBI looks like the Stasi. Yeah. I never thought I'd live to see the day when that was an accurate statement. 
Well, what has to happen is, and some of this is unfortunately going to have to wait until early 2025, which which seems like it's a century away, but it'll be here before we know it. And if we get some change, uh, and we will get at least the House turning over uh, within the next five, six months, so that's a good thing. I think this is also going to help Republicans win the Senate. But what has to happen when the next Republican president, and I do believe it will be Trump, and if it's not Trump, it'll be DeSantis, one of them is probably going to be the next president in the United States. I'm leaning that Trump can't be beat. He can't be beat in the primary, and I don't believe he can be beat in the general based on what Biden and these Democrats have done uh, after being given power. So the first thing you have to do, you have to fire Christopher Ray. You've got a clean house of all every single person that has had a play in this because you have you have some of these bad people that that got caught doing bad things and they just keep getting promoted, Kirk. Yeah, you know, the, you know Peter Strzok, Jim Comey, uh, Andrew McCabe, they're all still floating around making their money. With their appearances on the, I mean, they just they just promoted the people that were involved with this phony Gretchen Whitmer, uh, Gretchen Whitmer thing. Uh, they're now in charge of the D.C. office. He's the guy that did the fake Governor Gretchen Whitmer thing, uh, where people were both exonerated and and there was the hung jury for the other two. Now they got to come back and retry that because they they can never be wrong, you know. Uh, so uh, they're going to do everything they can to get a conviction so that they can be proven that they were right. But with what we know now, they were not right and that they they entrapped people in a fake scheme. So what happens to these people? They're now in charge of the D.C. area that was responsible for yesterday's raid, an unprecedented act in the entire history of this country. Nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States. It's disgusting. And the other thing is, if you're already negotiating with the, um, you know, the presidential records uh, folks, the archives, National Archives, then it's a civil thing. You don't need they, to get that raid. That's why this fool that I, I deleted uh, that's writing how, oh, Joe Biden didn't know. How does he know Joe Biden didn't know? Joe Biden doesn't know what the Inflation Reduction Act is. Uh, it's health care and God knows what else. You heard about that, right, Kirk? Yeah, I heard you talk about that. Yeah. I mean, this is unbelievable. And then they're going to call it his signature legislation. And uh, it's uh, health care and God knows what else. What about inflation reduction? Now it's health care and climate change. Kirk, they're now what? At about $3 trillion since Biden's gotten in there? The other stuff was called COVID relief. Only, no, it's not. It's something else. This was called inflation reduction. Only, no, it's not. It's health care and climate change. What they have done is so detrimental to the country. Yeah, it's taken a very dark turn. I mean, think about this raid. Uh, what can they do to you if they, if they target you? Uh, and think about this... Uh, Inflation Reduction Act, uh, the Orwellian title. All these IRS agents, think about what that's going to do. You know, every small business is going to be audited. Everybody's cheating on their taxes. I mean, come on. 
this is a very dark turn that this uh, administration has has just uh, enacted. Yeah, I mean, it, it is Soviet style. Yeah, and it's it's to discourage people from getting involved, running for office. They're trying to disqualify the Republican Party's leading candidate. Um, you know, and the FBI has always had a position close to an election. They don't do anything provocative. Nothing matters anymore. And then, oh, they give Joe Biden cover. Oh, Joe Biden didn't know until after the fact. Did, do you believe that for a second? Do you believe for a second that Christopher Ray didn't tell Joe Biden we're raiding Trump's house today? Just thought you should know. Yeah. <laughs> well, only in the sense that Joe Biden doesn't know what day of the week it is. Uh, it, you could say that he didn't know, but th- this is for sure. It came down from the top. <clears throat> There's no question about it. And it's um, a dark day in history of this country. I mean, this is supposed to be the home of the brave, land of the free. I mean, come on. This is not the way uh, uh, the United States is supposed to act. You know, you're supposed to have equal justice and have a stable system where everybody's treated equally. Uh, But no, this is a total weaponization of the levers of law enforcement at the federal level. And it just can't stand. And Kevin McCarthy came out and said that when they take over the Congress, uh, Merrick Garland's going to be held to account. Total investigation, and he better get all his documents together. And in my, we're going to go to break. In my interview last night with Congressman Jeff Andrew, he said the same thing. Um, and we are there, there's a media report here on our own news talking about an interview with Jeff Andrew, the, the only interview with Jeff Andrew is my interview with Jeff Andrew. Let me just plant the flag on that right now. Uh, and Van Drew said the same thing. He said Merrick Garland has to be investigated. Now, of course, when there's a new president, he's going to be gone. So I didn't bring him up a moment ago. Christopher Ray has five years left. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, he has two because he's going to be gone. He's got to be gone. He's been terrible. This guy was testifying before Congress, and he said he had a plane to catch and had to leave. Meanwhile, we find out he has his own private plane. It's taxpayer paid, of course, but he has his own plane that's waiting for him. He, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I got the three o'clock flight, you know, and if I miss it, you know, I have to stay till tomorrow. He had his own plane waiting at his beck and call, and he went on vacation. He couldn't testify any longer because he had a plane to catch. This is incredible what's going on. Sean Hannity is up. I am early in the morning with Kirk Conover, Chuck Malamut on deck. He'll be here in about 45 minutes. This is early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station, and for good reason, all because of you. And we thank you for it. Here's Sean Hannity. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Democrats will impose a new federal excise tax, which will reduce the value of your nest egg that you are hoping to use for retirement. Then they have a 95% federal excise tax on American pharmaceutical manufacturers. So they'd impose a 95% excise tax on prescription drugs unless drug manufacturers accept government price controls. In reality, all drug manufacturers would accept 
up the price controls or they're just going to stop selling their drug in the United States and sell it elsewhere and probably start manufacturing it elsewhere also. On top of that, a $52 billion income tax hike on mid-sized and family businesses. In this economy, this is a prescription for an unmitigated disaster. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. Listen, the last time the economy looked like this, the stock market tanked 50%. The U.S. dollar lost 46% of its value, and the price of oil quadrupled. Yet, while the U.S. economy collapsed and inflation ran through the roof, the price of gold shot up 1,300%, and silver rocketed over 2,400%. So if history repeats itself, we could see it happen again. Can you afford to miss what could be the biggest gold and silver boom of our generation? That's why I want you to call GoldCo at 855-815-GOLD. Because when you do, you'll not only get the chance to protect your retirement savings with gold and silver, but as a Sean Hannity listener, you could get $10,000 or more in free silver just for doing it. This is a rare opportunity. And that's why I want you to call, again, Gold Co. at 855-815-GOLD. That's Gold Co. 855-815-GOLD. Don't miss out. Check them out today. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 22 minutes past the hour. Back to Kirk Conver in just a moment. It's Harry Hurley for United Methodist Communities at the Shores. If you're considering senior living options for yourself or a loved one, I recommend United Methodist Communities at the Shores in Ocean City. It's beautifully fully remodeled. Private apartments. Two beautiful restaurants a bistro and on-site fitness center. Best of all, a stroll of three short blocks and you're on the famous Ocean City Boardwalk and Beach. It's a great, great place. They're at 2201 Bay Avenue in Ocean City. United Methodist Communities at the Shores to learn more. Call 609-399-8505. That's 609-399-8505 and tell them Hurley in the Morning sent you. Kirk, I, I want to talk a little bit of uh, economics, which I know is uh, your wheelhouse. The expectation was somewhere like 250,000 jobs would be announced last week, and it was more than double that. I was, I was very surprised by it, but just proving that we're an intellectually honest program, we're not going to just fake like it didn't happen. Uh, what do you attribute that to? Well, I do think there's uh, parts of the economy that are are still doing well. I mean, when you go into uh, an economic contraction, people are still doing business. And it's also important to note that those jobs are still just catch-up jobs. I mean, we're not at the level of employment that we were February 2020. So we're still backfilling jobs that were lost during uh the pandemic recession very important point which we have covered on this program in the past we haven't even gotten to where we were before the pandemic there are no new jobs so when biden talks about he's created all these jobs these are just jobs returning that were lost during the pandemic the other thing about the report was the uh labor force participation rate dropped again to the lowest level seen in 40 plus years 
So there's still people dropping out. I mean, I don't know what they do, you know, for income or to make a living, but there's still people dropping out of the labor force, uh, and that's why the unemployment rate continues to be low. But there's no question we have, um, regardless of this jobs report, the economy is contracting. It's contracted, uh, you know, 2.6% in six months. And, um, you know, that is a recessionary environment. And when you talk about the big picture, okay, it's total disruption since Biden took office. You had the pandemic, uh, you got inflation, and now, you know, you have recession, and now you got the weaponization of the, the federal justice system and the FBI. Uh, all this is disruptive to the normal flow of American life and therefore the flow of American business. And in economics, like I've always said, it's not a science. Uh, it's basically a social construct that predicts human behavior. And when you have all this disruption, it adds to the fact that we're not going to come out of this recessionary period um, anytime soon. Businesses, uh, business people, uh, people participating in, in the economy want stability. And what you have is, uh, you know, China circling Taiwan, uh, disrupting their trade and economic uh, productivity. And, uh, you know, Russia and Ukraine disrupting the grain flow. And uh, it, it is just, and top it all off, this uh, uh, grossly named Inflation Reduction Act, and with all this spending on the green energy and climate change, I mean, it, it all is more money down the rat hole uh, the high taxes in that bill are going to take money out of the private sector that would otherwise be used to, you know, to increase productivity and increase supply. So everything points to a prolonged uh, period of uh, economic contraction. Kirk, I don't expect you to know, like, hey, it's going to be two years and six months. I don't expect you to know exactly how long. But this I do know because I made it my business to know it. The post-World War II typical recession lasts, lasts rather between 6 to 12 months. Now, we did have that anomaly during the, um, uh, the pandemic back in 2020 where we actually had just a two-month recession, it was determined. But that, that was a 100-year type of you know, special event. But the average post-World uh, World War II is typically 6 to 12 months. Do you believe this one will be, are we talking years, like two years, in your opinion? No, I think once the um, political balance is restored in Washington with the Republicans in charge of the House and the Senate, I think that'll give the uh, economy a boost. The business sector will see there's some rationale coming back. And so I'm thinking, you know, first quarter of 2023, we'll start to see um, a reversal and start to see growth again. But it'll be because of the, at the atmosphere created by, you know, rational people in government. In, in your because estimation, is winning 
and I'm not giving up the Senate. It's just it's it's a tough slog right now for a couple of reasons. Um, I know Republicans will win the Senate back in 2024 because the Democrats are defending 13 seats. They're done. They're done in in 2024. Manchin's going to be one of them. I, I hope they run a really strong Republican candidate. Uh, I guess he won't have a, a Democrat challenger because he he's a complete fake and a fraud. How disappointing to take the position that he did that you don't raise taxes in an inflation in in, um, in a recession and then to go and do what he's done. He's a total fake. He's going to be one of the ones that goes down. Uh, so it either happens in 20. It, the House is over. Republicans win it in uh, 2022. I'm not sure about the Senate. If I guess my point, and we're getting ready for the break, so give us about a minute on this, Kirk. And if you need more time, we'll talk about it after the break. In fact, we will talk about it after the break. We'll stay on time. I want to get your uh, opinion on is winning the House of Representatives alone enough? Now, obviously, that's where all spending measures start and you couldn't get this budget reconciliation thing. So I think just winning the House is enough for now. I, I of course, want the Republicans to win the House and the Senate. And in a wave election, they should. But just in case they don't, I want to get your take on, is it enough? And then it's on to 2024 at that point. Back with Kirk Conover in just a few minutes. I'm Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It's exactly 30 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. My exclusive interview with United States Congressman Jeff Andrew last night uh, and his blistering assessment of the FBI's raid of President Trump's home. Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds it went exactly as we told you yesterday and this Saturday and Sunday, two shows each day, 1 p.m. and 6 p.m. Bye-bye, Birdie, at Summers Points Up. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. This should be our last suffocatingly humid, disgustingly warm morning for a while. Temperatures close to 80 to start the day. We're on our way to 95 this afternoon. Heat index probably shooting into the triple digits. We'll see sun and clouds and could be a few late-day thunderstorms around with downpours and gusty winds. Showers linger into tonight, low 74, partly sunny and 86 tomorrow. Again, thunderstorm chances in the afternoon and evening. Get weather 24-7 or wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Do you have questions? Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Free. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. The other day, I saw a friend had posted, this person's a doctor. They had posted something that was completely accurate, completely accurate relative to the recession and they got this thing put over their story uh that um made it seem like it was like a half truth fact checkers find this is partly false or something like that they they put on your on your work kirk this is now the country we live in free speech is gone 
uh, so-called fact checkers. Remember, the so-called fact checkers said that Hunter Biden posts were false and that people that posted accurately about COVID-19, like if you posted, you thought that natural immunity was um, very, very good and, and should be counted, they would put something uh, and deplatform you or suspend you or say you're posting false information and if you keep it up, we'll suspend you and all these things. And of course, all of it turns out to be true, but this is what's going on right now. It's a, a troubling time and it's all created by the Democrats uh, in their lust for power they will do absolutely anything to, uh, you know, retain power, destroy their opponents, um, and you know, of course, big tech is in their pocket, and so's uh, the mainstream media. So, did you hear my comment about Apple? Apple appeased communist China because the things that get made right now in Taiwan for Apple. Uh, they're now putting China on the label with Taiwan to appease China. Look, look how how they genuflect and kneel before Zod. They kneel before China. It's unbelievable. And no one should ever be um, by the Chinese. They are a totalitarian society that abuses human rights. Uh, any way they can. They use slave labor. Uh, they oppress their general population to get, you know, the economy or whatever the they, way they, they want. They exterminate uh, people. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. And this is uh, a future that's envisioned by some of these lefties in this country. They want us to be like them. You know, they really do believe uh, that they know better for, for us than we know for ourselves. They don't believe in the market system. They want a top-down control of the economy and your life. And that is, they can call it socialism, but more accurately, it is communism. Chuck Schumer said something yesterday or the day before. Uh, life is going by so fast, I honestly can't remember uh, if it was yesterday or two days ago, but he said, and I think it was yesterday because yesterday was Monday. It's, it's, I'm, not, I'm not confused on that point at this, at this time. Uh, he said that, um, that he has waited 10 years for this and that they have changed the world. That's accurate huh. because, it, well, think about it. If you change the fundamentals of America, you do change the world. And this is a total power grab. This is all about control. Uh, they know that if they can control control your health care, they control you. Somebody that is sick and if folks that are getting up there in years that need their health care, uh, if they control your health care, they've got you. They, they've got you completely under their thumb. And now with this climate change stuff, I saw a statistic of what it takes, the the slave labor in some in some cases, but what it takes to produce this so-called green energy. This is such a scam. It's unbelievable, Kirk. It is such a dirty, filthy process to get to the point that you have this clean energy. It's ridiculous. They have to strip mine 
millions of acres. Yes. To produce the lithium and the trace minerals, and they're called trace minerals because they're rare and hard to find. So you have to sift through, you know, unbelievable amount of, of soil to get them. And then what I just saw the other day, BMW recalled every electric vehicle that they've ever produced because of the threat of fire from the batteries. And how do you dispose of them? So, yeah, it's it's a whole scam. By the way, the disposal of these batteries, and you think about 10 years from now, and if they get their way and there's even more of these things, then going forward, the disposal of these is an environmental catastrophe. Not not just the weight of them, uh, but also the content of them, leaking and things like that. Let's get a phone call in. You're on the air with uh, Kirk and Harry. Go right ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey. How you doing? Good. Uh, uh, just to bring a little bit of good news in case I, don't, I haven't heard anything about it on the radio, but I'm, I'm occasionally in contact with Jeff Andrew, especially when I like to speak my mind, you know, about what's going on in this country. Hmm. And I had mentioned to him that we should stop China from buying land in this country, and he said, we're working on it. So that that's a really good uh, that's a really good thing. But here's the problem, though: we need a majority, and we need the White House because anything that someone in the minority is working on uh, has no chance in this polarized environment. There's no bipartisanship; it has no chance. They, they were doing amendments uh, that were so reasonable during this this god awful. Uh, uh, alleged Inflation Reduction Act legislation, the Democrats voted against all of it. Uh, there's no doing business with these people. We have to win elections. That's how we change the country back. Well, the, the timing might be good, though. Um, Nancy Pelosi has been threatened by China, uh, so she has to have a little bit of uh, empathy on this. Well, all right, well, okay, so let me give you this then. See what you say about this, John. Because I hear you. You would think that would be true. They threatened to shoot her down and all these different things. Uh, The amendment that Republicans made was that we stop selling oil to China. All 50 Democrats, the 48 senators that are Democrat and the two that are independent and organized with the Democrats, they all voted against it. All 50. They want to sell oil to China. They're in cahoots. And look, Nancy Pelosi brought her son, uh, who I didn't realize is this this Paulie Jr. Oh, my gosh. What a beaut this kid is. Uh, this is Hunter Biden without the crack pipe and the hose. It's unbelievable what's going on, it seems. Jesse Waters had a whole unbelievable report about this. I don't want to rain on your good news, but I'm right on this. We cannot change the country back until we win back the House, the Senate, and the White House. And that's a two-year plan. That's what we have to shoot for. Everything else is just talking because no Republican is going to get anything passed right now. That's not to say you can't be effective and do a good job and we bide our time and at the earliest possible election, we strike and we win. That has to be the focus. Winning the House, winning the Senate, And I I think that I left a question. I'm going to run, and I appreciate you calling in, and I appreciate your attempt at good news, but just trust me on this. I I, I don't want to demoralize you, but 
we don't win again until we achieve success in these important elections. So I'm going to run. We'll talk again when we're in open forum. Kirk, I want to come back to this because we didn't address it uh, out of the last break. I had somebody write me. He's wrong, but he thinks he's right. He says that that just winning the House isn't enough. I want to see Republicans win the House and the Senate. But for right now, it's a moral imperative to win at least one, which we're going to do. The second one might be a bit tricky. It can happen in a wave election. It should happen, but it might not happen. I mean, if if we lose Toomey's seat in Pennsylvania, for example, that's a big problem. If Oz, I don't know why he's disappeared. It's almost like he's 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 screwing the Republicans. This guy ran like hell. And then the minute he got the nomination, I haven't heard from him again. And then I'm worried about Herschel Walker, um, whether he can win in Georgia. He should win. But there's a lot of work right there. So my friend that wrote it's not enough is wrong because I'm saying winning at least the House can stop the Democrats. They will not be able to do budget reconciliation on anything with their crazy spending. Biden will be able to write executive orders and do that, but he'd be able to do that anyhow. And I don't think there's that much difference. Uh, Now, there is a difference in terms of if a Supreme Court justice dies and the Democrats keep the Senate. So it's huge in that respect. But I want to get your take on this when we come back. Don't go away with Kirk Conover. This is Hurley in the Morning. Sean Hannity. I think China has been building up their military. They want to be the dominant country on the face of the earth, and they've they've made no bones about it. If you want to accept that China is now being this aggressive towards Taiwan, the way they were towards Hong Kong, and they're going to fulfill their territorial ambitions, and you know Joe Biden's not going to lift a finger, nor is any other country going to lift a finger. Sean Hannity, weekday afternoons at 3 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back. It's Hurley in the morning at 53 minutes past the hour. So let's um, unpack this, Kirk. The difference between winning only the House and not the Senate, winning the House and the Senate. Well, winning the House and not winning the Senate and the Senate stays like 50-50, just winning the House is going to change the whole atmosphere. Um, the decision makers in the business community will know that the reckless spending will come to an end. The um, other operators in in the political economy will know that justice will prevail and will get back to a more even-handed uh, system where you don't have the polarization anymore but most importantly um it'll give back by stopping the reckless spending it'll give the fed back one of its um tools to fight inflation and to you know they're going to have to shift into fighting the recession soon and as you know kirk markets like split government they really do 
they don't like it with one party, even if it's Republicans, even though Republicans have shown that they can create a very prosperous environment. Now, the Senate, for legislation, it doesn't matter. They can pass till they're blue in the face. The, the, the House Republicans would be able to stop anything that they do. But if we did lose uh, a key position, a, a Supreme Court associate justice or something like that, Democrats having this 50-50 with the vice president breaking the tie majority would be very problematic for only that reason. Legislatively, there's no difference between having one or both. Do you agree? I agree. I agree. Um, The main thing is to stop the reckless spending and and get uh, the government back on track of where they should be. Since Biden came in, you know, you had the American Rescue Plan, two trillion dollars you had the so-called infrastructure plan that's another trillion plus so that's three trillion and this is 750 billion so that's 3.75 trillion dollars that only the fed can finance there's not enough and and kirk the moment the votes were done they completely changed the name of what the thing is like it's no longer the inflation reduction act because we know that hundreds of economists Uh, And the CBO have said it does not lower uh, inflation at all. In fact, it increases inflation. So now it's called a health care and climate legislation. This is the scam that they get to pull off. And and I want our listeners to know I'm not giving up on the Senate. In a wave election, Republicans should win the Senate as well. But I always tell you the truth, and we're usually right about these things, the Democrats might barely hold on to the Senate because of the circumstances of what races were in play this time. But this is what I do know, though, Kirk. Democrats have a bunch of susceptible seats up in 2024, and that's for all the marbles. So the Senate either goes now or it goes in 2024. I'm a patient man. Uh, I can live with the House turning hands, and it will, I guarantee it. The Senate, I want it to, but it might not. And then in two years, the whole shebang. Yeah, and we we definitely need that change in 2024. But in the, in the meantime, uh, why it's so important that the, we take the House and stop the spending is the fact that, as you pointed out, it's no longer an Inflation Reduction Act because that's a ridiculous assertion. The uh, spending, again, digital dollars to finance it. But the other side of that equation is all these taxes that are in there. $700 billion of taxes uh, in this bill. Did you hear how, when you started bringing up these taxes, that Buddy Conover is getting very upset, the Wharton graduate? Yeah. Well, he's, he's barking at a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> they have squirrels in Atlantic City? No, I can't. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just oh, teasing. Yeah. I'm yeah, teasing. Yeah. I'm teasing. They're skinny little yeah, things. We, yeah, we, we had them. We had them in Ventnor. I was teasing. Yeah. Closing comment, final minute and a half. Well, in order to address inflation and recession basically get out of this stagflation um, economy, you have to go after and increase the supply. Right now, the Fed is reducing demand. 
by raising interest rates, they're discouraging investment in plant and equipment, and all this reduces supply. They need to do what Reagan did back to get out of Carter's recession, supply-side economics, tax cuts, lower regulation. Those are the things that will increase supply, and that is how you address inflation and recession. What I really want Republicans to do, and I think, unfortunately, when the abortion decision came out and the Democrats started doing some of the stuff that that, that they've been doing and kind of putting Republicans on defense, I wanted the Republicans to run a very aggressive campaign, much like what Newt Gingrich did back in uh, 1994. Uh, They don't seem to be doing that right now. Now, They're still going to win the House. But I think they're missing opportunities here, Kirk. Yeah, I do, too. They have the opportunity to point out that the Democrats are out of gas. Basically. Yes, yes. They, all, they have January 6th and abortion, and that doesn't really, that's not the top priorities of the American people. Not at all. They haven't, no, and they got to get the message out that this is, they, the Democrats have inflicted pain on every family, yeah. on every individual in this country from coast to coast. Got, got, to, got to run, but you and I are going to have to take a trip to our nation's capital, and I think we're going to have to uh, have a little meeting and, and school some of these folks. Chuck Malamut is next. Thank you, Kirk. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It is six minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamud is here. Not a moment too soon. The following program is presented by Chuck Malamud, a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamud and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast and are subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley, Smith Barney, member SIPC. Joining the program, ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Malamud. Good morning, Chuck. Harry, good morning. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. A little blistering out there, huh? Now, does it already feel really hot right now? It's warm. By the time we get out there, I mean, it's going to be 95 today. So, yeah, it's... it's uh, 95 with a 105 heat index, that I is, believe. That's that, correct, that is, yes? That is very correct. And, uh, Mr. Malamut, uh, market update. So, Harry, uh, last week, uh, stocks were mixed, as it turns out. The S&P was actually up uh, four-tenths of 1% following the pretty spectacular July that we had. Uh, the most notable... Um, report for the week, and you and Kirk talked about it. We'll get into a little bit. It was the um, the jobs report last Friday, and um, so now there's discussion about the the Fed. It's always about the Fed. Uh, uh, they were going to do a pivot, 
Uh, that was the that was the alleged news or rumors or hearsay, but it sounds like that's not going to happen. Uh, best sectors for the week: technology, uh, which was obviously the biggest loser so far uh, in 2022. Tech was up two percent. Uh, consumer discretionary up 1.2 percent. Communication services up 1.2 percent. And uh, the worst sectors, as it turns out. <clears throat> happen to be energy uh, down almost seven percent, real estate down one point three, and materials down uh, one point three. So when you kind of put it all into perspective, uh, year to date through Friday of last week, uh, Dow best performer down eight point seven percent, S and P down twelve point two, and the Nasdaq down eighteen point seven percent. And Harry, if you remember. Uh, the Nasdaq certainly was in uh, in bear market territory for for quite some time. Down, you know, down up to uh, up to thirty uh, percent. Best performing sectors uh, year to date, as you uh, as we've talked about before, energy up almost thirty five percent, but that has come back fairly significantly. Uh, utilities, the second best performing sector, up five point four percent. Uh, consumer staples uh, actually down 2.4 percent, but was the third best sector. And, for, and on the flip side, uh, what hasn't been working: uh, communication services uh, down 27 percent, consumer discretionary down 20, uh, technology down about 15, 15.4 uh, percent. So, you know, Harry, when you when you when you th- when you look at what what is going on and we got into the final week of of july obviously into the beginning of august there was a um you know there was a lot going on with with the markets digesting uh the fed uh, the federal reserve interest rate hikes a second negative quarter of a gdp of gdp um growth or lack thereof and i guess that in the old world harry that <clears throat> that signals that we are are in a recession but i guess in the in the new made-up world, maybe that's not the case. Chuck, um, I, I noticed something that I rarely have witnessed over our more than three decades here together. Other Federal Reserve boards seem like emboldened to contradict. So the Fed is saying one thing, but then you might – I forget which one it was. It might have been the I, – I don't remember. It wasn't Atlanta, I don't think. But one of the other Federal Reserve boards, somebody comes out and just completely – uh, contradicts. Well, look, there's going to be. They're not on a lot of a lot of information. It's not always necessarily. They're not always necessarily on the same page. And the other thing that happened, Harry, is we, you know, with respect to the month of July and with markets, uh, earnings, and we'll cover this a little bit later today. Better, uh, significantly better than than expected. So as, as we get. Th- By the way, Chuck. I mean, you know, we're honest brokers here. This is an intellectually honest program, and your program always is. The July jobs report, and I know we're going to get to that after the break, it was blowout. It was twice, more than twice as much than, than had been predicted. I, I'm not going to – I didn't do it last hour. I wouldn't try to escape by during your show and pretend like that didn't happen. Now you're saying earnings are better than expected. Is it possible that the, the worst of it is over? Harry, that is the that is the question of that's the day. That's the whole deal. That's what makes a market. You yeah. have if we knew that, we'd you, be in good shape. Uh, we have market pundits saying uh, the S and P is going to move down twenty percent from here. You have market pundits saying on the flip side that we put the bottom in, uh, and technology is a good place to. Well, be. would you agree though? That's two very good um, 
uh, I don't know what they call them, signals, Absolutely. a strong jobs yeah. report, I, I, jo- and strong report, earnings. Earnings, and I mean, so the key here is how does the Fed successfully get themselves through where we are today with very, very high inflation and playing this catch-up game with respect to interest rates. Is there any indication that they will slow down these rate increases to where not as many as perhaps they thought will be necessary? Indications. uh, So, Harry, the the Fed is off for the month of August. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meet again on September the 21st. After Friday's jobs report, uh, the, the market is betting, again, that there's a 75 basis point wow. increase in, in September. Uh, the, the good news of, and look, August typically is the, well, the true dog days of summer. And, and July, as exciting as it was in the marketplace, as Harry, um, I don't think it's going to be as exciting here in August because the majority of earnings are behind us now. There's obviously there are two areas of importance that the, the market's going to be, you know, laser focused on uh, uh, new employment mm-hmm. and and inflation readings, um, and 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 ultimately how does the Fed and inflation react to that should in come September? down because gas prices have come down. Indications are, uh, and we'll get into this a little bit later this morning, eight point seven. From nine point one, okay, uh, and gas at the pump is going down, and uh, for fifty plus consecutive days, uh, now parts of this country less than four dollars, but we still have, we still have a lot of work. To we do. Have. Let's get the break in. Yeah, twenty five states as of today uh, are under four dollars a gallon, so it's half the country. We'll be back. Chuck Malama continues. Uh, he'll unpack. The July unemployment report, I like to call it jobs. It's almost like focusing on the positive rather than the negative. I always uh, marvel how we focus on who's unemployed. I, I, I would like to see an employment report if it said instead of 3.5% unemployment, if it said whatever, 96.5% employment. And of course, you do have to go into the um, the work participation rate as well. We'll be back to, to uh, talk to Chuck about all of your financial matters, 609-383-2010, 609-383-2010. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back. It's uh, 20 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malamut talking all about your financial matters. So the July, what they call employment report. How did that uh, how did that go, Chuck? Rather well. So, so Harry, the the, uh, <clears throat> the red hot, I guess that's the best way to put it, the red hot overall report shows, again, 528,000 uh, new jobs printed in July. And I think you and Kirk said it last hour. These are I mean, they're taking a the the uh, the Dems are taking a victory lap, but what we're doing is we're bringing back the jobs that were taken away back, you know, pre, you know, during during the pandemic. But having said that, I think uh, the number took. Every- By the way, that that is true, and that makes it not like a fantastic accomplishment to be less than you were a couple of years ago. 
So we haven't really created jobs at all. We're filling jobs back in. And 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 the, the, the ex and then obviously the expectations were you know for roughly you know significantly less. I mean uh, the consensus was the consensus was two hundred fifty eight thousand. It came in at five twenty eight. So how do you? I don't know how you miss miss that significantly, Harry, but. So think about this. What I thought was fun, I'll just say this real quick. I thought this was really fun. The administration knew, just knew in their heart of hearts, it was going to be a really bad jobs report. So they were spinning why that's not a problem. And they really flipped the switch. Then it was a blowout, and then they took credit for their policies working. I mean, they're they're shameless. But go ahead. So here's what what happened. So think think about this. We've had four interest rate increases now this year, and it's done very little to tamp down uh, this rampant labor demand that we're we're seeing. And and buried within those were two data points that suggest the central bank's going to have to get even more aggressive uh, as the labor market looks uh, to, to poise to actually push inflation, you know, up over the long term rapidly rising wages and and stagnant labor force participation so you know average hourly earnings and you guys touched on this last hour rose five tenths of one percent in july third straight month we've had this growth is accelerated the the labor force participation and (laughs) kirk said i don't know what these people are doing all day but (laughs) i mean it fell to 62.1 percent from 63.3 prior to the pandemic but so if you take a look Harry we don't look at a day in the market but Friday morning uh, the futures traded down fairly significantly as, as this report came out because uh, expectations were obviously half the number not 500,000 plus but I think if you looked on the flip side and say okay let's let's say the glass is half half uh, half full here so from an an optimistic uh, perspective, continued strength that we saw during the month of July, even in in light of uh, tightening monetary uh, policy, means the labor market is probably in a pretty good position, Harry, to withstand some further rate hikes and maybe buffer the economy uh, with respect to any particular downturn. Why do these rate hikes work? I mean, they slow the economy down. They're supposed to slow the economy down, but the job print that we had in July, that's certainly not the case. You know, look, the Fed has more to do to, to, to certainly bring labor supply and demand back in line with each other because it's out of line now. Um, and if, that, if, they, if they keep pushing on, you know, on the string, so to speak, Harry, I think ultimately, you know, quote, unquote, we're going to be in a recession. But that kind of sort of oxymoron, I mean, I, I mean – Aren't we technically in a, re- in a recession right now? Um, Why do we have to say technically? Isn't it interesting? Well, we are, but I mean, I mean, prior to ten, July, ten of well, the last ten recessions. Well, prior to July twenty-seven, the definition of the of a recession has was always conse- two consecutive quarters of of negative growth. But now the world has changed. I well, mean, but has it though? I mean, for example. Do financial markets, you're not playing that kabuki theater. Uh, financial markets agree we're in a recession, correct? Not really, no. Well, that's I crazy. Mean, you have, then everything's political, I, I, and I'm right. I, I mean, you have all different camps, you know, saying 
Harry, saying different things with respect to are, are we in a recession? Uh, if not, when are, or when are we going to go into a recession? Pain, well, uh, 10 out of the last 10 recessions, when we had two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, it was always acknowledged by this Bureau of Zombies <coughs> that it was a recession. But now because this particular White House, it wants to change the definition. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not laughing about this. I mean, uh, Wikipedia changed the definition and then locked it down where nobody could touch yeah, it. Yeah, you did tell us that. This is so, crazy. So, but, but think about this. With a 5% way, you know, your, uh, wage growth, I mean, the problem is, I mean, that that sounds wonderful, but the problem is with inflation at 9.1 or maybe soon to be at 8.7, you got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. And, and uh, unfortunately, um, even though the price of the pump has come down you know, for 50-plus days, uh, it's still very expensive out there. Do you see the the price of goods and services? I mean, we know that gasoline has had a propensity to go up and come back down. And so we've seen that in, in the world of, of petroleum energy. Are these crazy prices for chicken and all these other things, are they, are they going to come back down to normal again someday? The, well... Always yes, someday. I mean, it's that's a very uh, that's an open ended question, uh, Harry. And because uh, right I, now I, they're shrinking the size of everything. Margie bought these chicken things that I used to love. The new version has to be one third smaller than the other one, and it's terrible. What's inside is mystery in nature. Not even I. I, I don't even I don't even know parts as parts, but. I don't even know if it's chicken anymore. It was like some mealy slop inside these wonderful uh, uh, chicken cordon blues that I've been eating for for a long, long time. Uh, Everything's smaller, and it's more expensive. It's interesting, Harry. When I walked in this morning, I meant to comment. You looks like you looks like you've dropped a few pounds over the last couple weeks. So maybe it's maybe it's the food consumption. So. Are you teasing, so, or do you think I look a no, little... No, I think you're starting really? to, I, think, I think you need to... You know, Thanks, you're man. cutting back. You need to cut back a little bit more. Appreciate and, uh, that. You know, you're, you're helping... Well, I'm you. skipping one meal a day. You know, I want to join, you know, America in what's going on right now. We have millions of Americans skipping a meal. I just can't believe that we're spending the amount of money that we're spending, and there are people hungry in this country. It's, it's, a, it's an, unfortunately, it's a, I think all of us will attest to it. It's a really, really... Really, really uh, sad, sad state of affairs here that, that, that we're seeing here. So let's see. Are we on? Did you, did you cover the direction of the interest rates in the central banks or no? Well, I, 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 I think that the, what, the, what some of these Fed governors are, are doing, Harry, uh, they're, they're desperately trying to talk down uh, what, what, what has been happening in the market. I mean, so if, if you look at last week, there were a number of committee members uh, that, that wanted to go out and correct any uh, misperception that the Federal Reserve is contemplating a more dovish stance in the months ahead. Uh, multiple officials uh, from the Fed thinks that there were nowhere close to that happening, Harry, because uh, they have a lot of work to do to rein in inflation. And and uh, many are sort of now pushing back against the notion that this tightening cycle is going to end this year, and rates are going to be cut next year if economic you know growth continues to soften. I mean, 
you think about the yield on the, you know, you talk about the inversion of the yield curve in the two years versus the 10 year. I mean, the yield on the, the two year note, Harry, jumped from 2.82% last week, um, you know, from a 3.24% um, after the, the Fed became, you know, very, very hawkish with respect to, to uh, what is happening. So when you take a look at what's happening, you know, outside of our country, you know, you have obviously uh, weakening economic conditions, you know, uh, across the majority of the world. And that's and the question is, you know, are, are central <clears throat> banks, you know, going to pivot from hiking to cutting, um, you know, n- not just here, but also overseas? And, you know, um, by the way, this might be anecdotal, but I, I think it's probably not. And this is from a few different people that have told me. The credit card companies are still generously giving uh, decent-sized lines of credit. And for those that have a particular line of credit, they're getting credit line increases upon request. And in some cases, it just being offered up front. I remember 2008, 2009-ish, they were cutting lines of credit down. Uh, Chuck, is that... That's a positive, right? Well, Harry, Harry, it is a positive, but we're but if people are what, borrowing, what though, we're seeing is yeah. an excessive amount of, of borrowing compared yeah. to where we were during the pandemic, and you know the credit cards are unfortunately sometimes a means of a last resort. Yeah, uh, when, when it comes to to need to needing capital, so and then you're stuck with higher uh, rates. Well, you have higher rates, and then you have potential defaults. Uh, I mean, there's there's you know there's a lot behind that, so to speak. Uh, with with respect to these credit card companies. Halftime break. We're going to be right back. A lot more content with Chuck Malamut. Straight ahead, Chuck Malamut, the official, the exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program, 609-383-2010 to make an appointment with Chuck and his team. 609-383-2010. We'll be back in just a little bit. Stay with us. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 31 minutes past the hour. This is Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. My exclusive interview from last evening with Congressman Jeff Andrew, his blistering assessment of the FBI and their raid on President Trump's home. Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds, we had the exclusive interview yesterday when he was on his way to Trenton. Uh, it's all gone, according to Hoyle, unanimously named Atlanta County Prosecutor for the next five years. I think it'll be at least 10. And Bye Bye Birdie coming to Summer's... From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. I always try to differentiate between regular summertime heat and extreme heat. And today we're back in the danger zone one more time. 80 this morning, 95 for a high. The heat index could go to 105. Sunning clouds and a chance of a late day thunderstorm. Lingering showers tonight, low 74. Tomorrow, partly sunny. Less humid, high 86. Thunderstorm chances again late day tomorrow. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 38 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malamut. Are we on the Bank of England? Yeah, let's jump across the pond here, Harry. Okay. Talk about, uh, we've always we've spent so much time talking about what's happening in our country. I think it would be it'd be remiss if we didn't spend some time 
talking about what's happening, you know, outside. So the last week, Harry, the Bank of England unfortunately delivered its largest hike in 27 years, and that was last week. It was last Thursday. So they moved their policy rate to one and three quarters percent, and and if we stopped right there, we'd be okay. But but unfortunately, they forecasted that the British economy is going to fall into fall into a five quarter long recession. Wow, five quarter long recession, beginning in the fourth quarter of this year. Is that unusual for? For that to be pronounced like that, yes, it is that very sounds unusual. Odd. So, so the the bank, the bank uh, expects consumer prices will top out at thirteen percent increase, Harry, year over year in October. That's a prediction, hmm. and um, and doesn't doesn't forecast them falling back to to that two percent target until two thousand and twenty five. Wow. Um, so all options remain open. That's a dour as, as, forecast. Uh, at the September meeting, with respect to the British Monetary, you know, Policy, uh, you know, Committee. So, I, I mean, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but you know, we always spend so much time talking about what is happening here in our country. I, you know, uh, when when we saw those that rate hike come across and the explanation as to as to why, I think um, I think all of us really certainly need to. Uh, we need to pay attention to that, for sure. I'll tell you what I'm paying attention to, too, Chuck, is jobs, check, earnings, check. Now I learned from the great Chuck Malamut that U.S. purchasing managers' indices surprise us now to the upside. There's a number of positives here. So this is why, and I know that we always talk about, so are we in a, re- are we in a recession? Uh, but... but you're seeing uh well see i believe you can be in a mild recession uh and certain segments of the economy economy are going to grow can grow and be and be be strong so i I just wish we didn't like reinvent the english language yeah so what so what happened last week harry the the institute of supply management um uh manufacturing non-manufacturing pmi surprised to the upside during the month of july again temporary tempering concerns that uh, a recession's in the near term. Like we we're talking, we're in a recession, but you got you have all these reports, you know, s- stating otherwise. Um, you know, the manufacturing index did decline um, if, if from from June to July, but came in a lot stronger than than what was expected, and it did show a fair amount of strength. Um, and I think a part of that, Harry, is because we've seen these falling prices of some raw materials. Um, you know that these manufacturers are paying for that that down that moved down pretty significantly you know month over month so I guess that all gets back to what will inflation or CPI look like tomorrow uh, so you know I, I as much as I wanted I unfortunately had to deliver the bad news about the Bank of, of the Bank of England and what's happening overseas I, I think that there are some bright spots here you know within our economy I mean if you want to get a job, you can get a job. I mean, there's still more openings than people to fill them. Uh, you know, but we have to, the Fed has to figure out a way to be able to combat this inflation, which, Harry, I think might have peaked during the month of June. Might Good. have peaked. Good. We'll, we'll know. Yeah, we will. And I, I'm all for that. Let's get our final break in, then we'll go uninterrupted. 
until the top of the hour for all of your financial planning needs turn to the best in the business chuck malamut the official the exclusive financial advisor for the hurley in the morning program for now our 31st year together consecutively uh there's been no recession in this relationship 609-383-2010 this is wpg talk radio 95.5 when you need to know it's wpg talk radio 95.5 and the wpg talk radio app we continue with chuck malama talking all about your financial matters can we get inflation under control that's one of the sixty four thousand dollar questions too isn't it chuck it is harry so think about let, let, let's say we come in at 8.7 and you and gas at the pump it has declined for 50 plus days yeah still have a lot of a lot of work to do so it's would probably, that would that count as inflation is getting under control i mean if you well, go down a half a percent and if gas is down 50 60 70 cents look it's a start in in the right direction and and we have a pretty good probability of getting to that four to five percent number harry inflation inflation by and when i'm going to say probably within the next six months in six months to a year that would be good that's a, a pretty year. pretty easy path but here's the problem I mean, the fed you know they have a target of two percent and i think harry the only way to be able to get there is if, if you have higher unemployment higher employment rate and higher fed fund rates um in 2000 and continuing to 2023 that what we versus what we currently have discounted in in the marketplace so we have um we have a long way to go to get to get to two i mean four i mean it seems like four is a good number to get to four to five if we got to four in six months and back to two within 12 that wouldn't be terrible i don't well hold on i mean four is i mean four i think is very doable Right, but you said five. six to 12 months, though. But the, even let's not even put a... I mean, well, I'll tell you why I'm putting a time frame on it. Because since World War II, I did some homework for the Malamut show. Since World War II, the average recession is six to 12 months. When's the start date? Well, the start date is when that... Did uh, we have a, so we the Board in, of Tribunal uh, Injustice, <laughs> Labor, whoever they all are, I forget the name of it, NLBRR, all these you know people on this board. <laughs> but that's also a very good question. But as you know, in the whole history of this um, science, they don't even announce the recession until it's over. Correct. So, Correct. so that's when we find out. I guess it's sort of all after the fact, but... That's why I think it's a good idea to accept certain things, like one plus one equals two. If we have two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, uh, what was the other factor that also um, always speaks to um, a recession? Uh, the inverted yield curve. Well, the inverted yield curve has been, uh, Harry, right now it's about 45, I believe 40 to 45 basis points where the two year is yielding more than a 10 year. And it's been that. It's so been two consecutive cons- negative GDP and an inverted yield curve. And we've had this. Inverted, hello, re- hello had, recession. We've had this inverted yield curve uh, for several weeks now. It just, it's sort of gnawing. It doesn't want to go away. And and most oftentimes during a recession. Correct. It's, it's, it's it basically... It's a signal that we're getting into a, into a recession. But 
on the flip side, let's talk. We're going to see how political things are because it'll be interesting if sometime down the road we are told we were not in a recession. That will be very interesting. <laughs> are you okay here, Harry? There's a little tiny bug that's flying around. It keeps going towards my eye. My eye that got toothpaste in it the yeah, other day. I don't know if you heard me. I don't know if you heard me tell the story. I didn't hear that. I burnt my eye. Radio is a vision of the mind. How, Chuck's how watching me swap <laughs> this this little. So maybe you have cataracts or something, Harry. You know, because you, you always see. <laughs> no, I don't wear glasses at age sixty-two, Chuck. Oh, uh, how did we get? How here? about that? Let's talk about earrings for a second. Brag about my good eyes, Harry. That happen to be very, Harry, very pretty baby blue as Harry, well. Everything about you is good. Oh, thank you. You know, so let's talk about let's talk about something else that's been pretty good here, and that's second second quarter earnings. Yeah. So, um, you know, Harry, over eighty percent of S and P companies have now reported their second quarter earnings. Uh, three quarters of those companies that have reported uh, have beaten expectations, and and the. The the long term average beating expectations on average is about sixty six percent. So that, I think that's another fuel that we had that drove the market. Um, you know, as we got in into July and now into August. So sales are up year over year. Earnings are up year over year. Uh, but I, but go ahead because I'm going to bring but, up more good news. What's what some of those that are sour and dour on the markets are saying. Uh, look out below because, you know, we, as we get into the latter part of this year and early 23, we're going to have a, we're going to have problems with earnings because of these rising rates and so, rising wages. Here's more good news. So we said jobs, check, earnings, check. The U.S. purchasing managers indices surprised to the upside, check. You just shared something else, check. How about this one? Uh, son of Bill, nephew of Chuck. Jim Alama tomorrow will be discussing mortgage rates on the decline, and so will Uncle Chuck right now. Yeah, so Harry, with the uh, the decrease on the long end of the curve, so, so remember we talked about rates, the, the twos versus the tens, mm-hmm. and short rates versus long rates, and the curve is inverted, and the curve on the longer side has been flattened out. And and that has actually helped, uh, helped mortgage rates. The average 30-year mortgage in our country last week fell just below five percent it's down from a 13 uh year high of 5.8 percent that was put in during the month of june so that has helped that's, home that's pretty good home drop. affordability so yeah it's, and so it's back in the fours you're saying it, well it's no it's really in well five it's, it's called in the high fours low fives okay. but it's home affordability um is out there again to a certain extent and by the way, uh, Chuck, I hear them saying that prices are starting to come down, but I don't see any evidence in our market that any prices have come down. I think, Harry, what you're seeing, maybe not so much here, but different parts of the country, um, in the Sun Belt in particular, that that inventory is now uh, sitting for for a, a, quite some time, and the, that rush to when a house is listed or pre-listed i guess where you had competing bids you know over the asking price i I think harry a lot of that is sort of fallen by the wayside as these prices become more in line and and you know you 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 marry you buy a house or you marry a house i guess Mm -hmm. but you rent a mortgage if that makes any sense you rent the rate i like that you, you can refinance that rate 
hopefully at some future point in time. So improvements all around in, in many respects, including oil prices continue to decline. Yeah, so oil, you know, Harry, oil for the for most of the time, you know, continues to decline. I mean, it was up yesterday a little but bit. But it is still very high. It, By the way, how's it up? How's it up yesterday? If it's at fifty some straight days of coming down? No, the, no. 50, I know what you're saying. Let's the difference between the price, price of, the, of pump. the pump versus yeah, I got the you, price but, of crude. Yeah, yeah, so I got you. So um, oil prices actually last week, Harry, ended up at, sinking to a six month low, um, and I think that's a, a result of the the slowing global economy that we spoke about is there also any evidence that people aren't driving as much they are driving less gasoline consumption has fallen below so that's supply and demand uh, pre-pandemic levels and prices of the pump have fallen now for harry more than 50 chuck did you straight days did you just say the driving is below pre-pandemic driving gasoline consumption gasoline consumption in our country has fallen below it's pre-pandemic average. Pre-pandemic average. I, I, I jumped on and that because I wanted that to be yep. a point of emphasis because that's a big deal. And prices of the pump have fallen more than 50 straight days. So, Harry, now it's a question as we finish up the summer driving season. And I think I've heard you say this uh, multiple times. You know That it must be brilliant, but please repeat uh, it. <laughs> Look at Look out below. The fall is coming and layoffs, you know, soon to be on its way. I smell. I'm like the rock. I smell. I smell it. I know it's coming. The shoulder season is going to be hard. And I think the winter season is going to be tougher. But this is another positive. Chuck, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to revise my position. I believe that by definition, uh, because I can't play this game of suspension of disbelief, by definition, we're in a recession uh, but it's a mild recession because you're outlining incontrovertible facts that unless you're being dishonest, you can't ignore them and, and we're not dishonest. So improvements in the supply chain, I think of all the things we're talking about today, when we fix the supply chain, we're going to get our a mojo of, back. A lot of problems will get, a lot yes. of problems will be cured. So Harry, um, most Remember, I ask you this all the time. Is, the, is the supply yeah. chain improving? So is it improving? A, a New York uh, Fed supply chain stress index, as it's referred to, fell to its lowest level since January uh, 2021. This was posted in the month of July. Another sign that uh, global inflation pressures are, are beginning to ease. Um, additionally... Um, world food prices also declined by 9% last month. Again, the lowest since we've seen in January. So it looks like the supply chain, you know, might be, you know, getting its mojo back, Harry. And, and ultimately, as a result of all that, you know, good things to happen. Let's bring these topics back that we didn't get to. Timing the market. Here we go again. Social Security update. I think that's huge to let our listeners know what's happening there because big increases are on the horizon. But, of course, things are more expensive. Student loans, you know my theory. It's getting really close to September. Uh, but I know they're going to kick that can again. There's no way they're going to make those payments due. 609-383-2010 to reach Chuck Malamut for all of your financial planning needs. Chuck, great show today. Harry, thanks. Enjoy the rest of your week. A doctor's making a house call next. Dr. Bob Zlotnick in the house. WBTG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground. 
to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back. It's six minutes past the hour. Very pleased to report that Dr. Boslotnik is making a house call. The president and the chief executive officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources. Hey, Bob, I'm very impressed. Uh, as you know, I, I had some quality hang time with you and the rest of the board Uh a lot of good stuff happening at the agency. There are, there is, and uh, and it was nice to see you. Good to see you. Um, we have a uh, a very diverse board, I would say, and very dedicated. Yeah. Many long term members. It's true. And we are um, we're blessed by um, you know the volunteer time that, that you and other board members provide, and and your pledge of support for yeah. uh, another donation for our. I'm gonna I'm gonna event. write the check right now. Thank you. Uh, why don't we start there? Um, because this event that started a number of years ago with really no expectation, because who knew if bocce would be would be popular? I remember when I first heard it. You know, I, I was with both fingers crossed and thinking, "Wow, this is either going to be fantastic or I just don't know." And it's been very successful. It has. We've raised uh, several hundred thousand dollars, I believe, and in 14 years this will be uh this will be year 14 so in the last 13 years we've raised over a hundred thousand probably close to two hundred thousand dollars in meg linsner memorial bocce tournament yes it is named in honor and in memory of meg linsner who was a um this is a good sound hold on do you think listeners know what that is many will your your older listeners certainly (laughs) that would be it that's true because some people don't even write checks no that is a check being torn out of the checkbook paper check time is yours thank you harry um meg was a uh, a board member uh she served as board president for a time and she was um very active on our board during a time of tremendous growth of the agency our first big surge uh when we left the county building um, as you know, we were uh, guests of the county, uh, rent-free, for many years uh, in the 1990s. And in 1998, we left the county building and we purchased our first office building on West Jersey Avenue in Pleasantville. And Meg was the president at that time and um, participated in our ribbon-cutting there. Um, and she was just a, an outstanding individual. She helped a lot of people. She helped um, a lot of young women uh, get and stay sober. Um, she was sober herself at the time of her death. She was twenty. Uh, she was twenty-three years sober when she passed at the age of thirty-nine. Wow. Tragically, uh, had gotten sober at sixteen, never drank or used drugs again, and uh, it, indirectly as a result of a car accident, um, she she tragically passed. It was it was a horrible you know, incident, the whole thing. And um, so we, uh, within, I don't know, six to nine months, I put together an idea of honoring her in some way. And I wanted to have some kind of, you know, function, an event, maybe a fundraiser. The fundraiser was secondary, really. The first time we were just doing it to, you know, just to to meet and and reminisce about her. And, and then I threw in the bocce at the last minute. And um, we just thought, let's just, let's just play bocce. Uh, it w- there was no rhyme or reason for it. I was going to say to you, because I forget... Uh, there didn't necessarily have to be some reason for it. You just you picked it, but was there a reason? There was not. 
There was no reason at you all. You just picked it out of the it air. Was, I have no idea. If there was, I don't remember. All I, I don't think there was. Cause I remember asking you this question, and I I never heard that there was any definitive reason. There there was none. There was no reason that I can recall. I I think that. Um, and I wasn't even a bocce aficionado. I didn't play. I may have played a couple times, uh, perhaps on the beach at Huntington and Margate, you know, next to the Bloom Pavilion with my kids when they were younger. Um, maybe once or twice at Birch Grove Park at the public courts there. And um, I don't know if you know this, Harry, but the the courts at Birch Grove, um, they used to be um, used frequently, and they are they are not. Um, as far as I know lately. I, I mean, I'm by there. I drive by there a minimum of twice a day. I didn't know there were bocce courts. In fact, I mean, I know the baseball fields and the football field and uh, where we would have the uh, children's safe trick-or-treat in that whole big area. Where are the bocce courts? They are, um, you, if, you, if you're driving back past the fields, Yes. just before you get to the, the main Little League field, yes. on the left, there's a road that used to go to the campsites. Okay. If you go down that road, the camper's road, on the right-hand side, before you get to the, um, there's actually a gate. There used to be a gate because only campers were permitted to drive past there. It's right beyond the gate. How about on the that? Right so hand now side. I know in exactly the, where in, it in is. In the picnic area, where the, where the cookout area and the yes. picnic benches are, near Never the playground. Never knew it. How yep. many courts? There's two. Two. And you say they're not in good repair? Well, I, I didn't say that. No, I, I meant to say that they're not in use, regular okay. use anymore. They used to be. Many years ago, um, there were several groups that played there frequently during the I, day. I want to make sure while I was writing the check that I didn't tune out. Are you moving to there? We are not. No, okay. that's where the first one was. Got it. And, and that may be why I chose Bocce, because I may have been back there, you know, walking with my kids or taking a bike ride or a walk. Or, you know, we used to take the kids there a lot when they were younger. And I may have seen them and just thought, hey, that's an interesting idea. Let's try that. And I, I have no idea. I really can't recall. So good. Let's do this now. Uh, on behalf of the Hurley in the Morning charity, we are presenting to Dr. Bob Zlotnick, the president and the chief executive officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources, a grant in the amount of $1,000. Thank you, Harry. Yippee. Thank, thank you very much. You're welcome. We, uh, we love the work that you do, and we love to, um, to do this every year. And we appreciate it. I know and that, that goes a long way. I mean, for, for an agency our size, I mean, we're not a, you know, a, a, a multi, multi-million dollar yeah. agency. Our, age, our budget this year is about a million and a half. So this, is, this goes a long way. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to do it. And I, on the next break, I'm going to deposit it on my phone into our PNC account. Yeah. Which we can do right now. We're <laughs> going to go to the first break uh, with Dr. Bob Zlotnick. It's Atlantic Prevention Resources monthly visit and a lot to talk about. We'll get an update what's happening. And uh, really, it's a great honor to uh, every year participate like this with Dr. Bob. We'll be back in just a little bit. Don't go away. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now. 
Early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. I'm just going to squeeze this in. It has nothing to do with Bob's show, but we learned during the news break, Fox News sent me uh, a breaking news update. Serena Williams, they say, and I'm not saying it's Fox News, it's sort of a sports report, that when I say they, one of the greatest tennis players of all time, I think she is the greatest women's tennis player of all time. And I, look, I'm a big fan of, you know, yesteryear players, uh, Martina Navratilova. I mean, Chris you could make the case. Chris Billie Jean. Everett was fantastic. Billy Jean was groundbreaking. Um, uh, who's uh, Steffi Groth? Yep. You know, a lot of great players. But you look at the um, the number of majors and everything. She is going to retire after the U.S. Open. Quite a career. Maybe she can uh, go out on know, top. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's there's a chance. Now, Bob, you told me something during the break uh, that. I think is potentially very positive news. It is, and I, I want to um, caution you and um, anyone listening that this is not um, public information necessarily. This is anecdotal yeah. information, which means that it's not backed up empirically. And, but it, you're going to be it, and generic about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and I'll be generic. I don't want to sp- specify any um, area, but in a local municipality, one of the larger municipalities in our county, um, a, uh, a medical professional informed me uh, informed a, a, pub, a group of people at a at a semi-public meeting that um, there hadn't been an overdose reversal in that community in 42 days as of yesterday. Can you recall? I, and I, I love your caution and you know saying anecdotal, not empirical, because it's not you know uh, a wide sampling. But, it's not but, published, but it's a rather you know substantial you know community. Uh, can you recall such a time? Not in recent memory. No, not in the last four or five years. It, it, it sounds almost too good to be true. It sounds unbelievable. It, in, in many respects, people who were attending this meeting, um, we, the meeting had to stop and there was some clarification because people didn't understand what the person meant when they said this. Um, and it was, it was just, it just seemed so impossible. But, but yet a professional said it. Yeah, 42 days without a, uh, a reversal with naloxone. Do you, do you have any reason to, d- to doubt that it's accurate? No, I don't. Uh, yeah, it sounds I mean, they would solid. Know. <laughs> and, right, it's a professional. <laughs> this, is, this is somebody and who absolutely would know. So that's, for me, I would take that as though we're past the pandemic. You know, people maybe are feeling better, maybe. Uh, I mean, what... It's hard. All this is speculation. Yeah. But what's not speculation is, though, 42 straight days. Right. Without an overdose in a, in a significant community in yeah. our area. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go into any speculation. Couldn't venture a guess. It's it impossible. Would, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, there could be so many factors involved. It could be, I mean, just throw a couple ideas out there. Could be that we have um, just doused the community with so much Narcan that everybody has it available, that 911 calls aren't required, possibly. But it could be that bad things happen and just no call was made, too. That's possible. Uh, It could be, yeah, I mean, it could be that people were deceased. Um, and that, that no reason the, to call if the fentanyl is much stronger and killing people that, right if somebody then there's no reason to do a reversal um, it could be that uh, people are going to other communities perhaps you know this while you bring up fentanyl this fentanyl just laced in everything it seems in opiates and everything it is I mean you can't overstate how significant a problem this is and how little amount 
I forget what I once heard it's a statistic how this relatively it was a lot to the eye, but a relatively small amount could kill like so many people. Just a small amount. Mm-hmm. As you know, officers and different first responders, they go towards cars and things like that. They they have died and been overcome and had to be brought back themselves just by getting near where it was. It's possible. Yeah. It is very powerful. Yeah. Um, I, I told you before that um, if you emptied a packet of sugar in your hand, which yeah. is one gram of sugar, um, and that just that amount would probably kill 10 to 15, 20 people our size. Does does that being in your hand also well, do I don't, you I can't absorb answer that. it? I don't know. But I just this is just, 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 just theoretical. Yeah, I got you. You were um, saying the amount it, of it. Right. If you were to... Um, if you were to turn your hand over and then most of the sugar would fall out and then re- turn your hand back up, what's left would probably kill at least the both of us. Wow. And then if you were to do this, wipe your hands together and you wouldn't be able to see anything, that might be enough to kill one of us. I mean, wow. it, it, it's, that's how powerful this is. That, you know, micrograms, you know, tiny infinitesimal fractions of a gram is enough to kill. Insidious. I mean that 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 this they came up with this, and then they just lace everything with it. Every, and not just heroin. Yeah, uh, many other drugs, powdered drugs, marijuana, cannabis, opioids, opioid pills uh, that yeah. are that are pressed. Yeah, and and fentanyl is added yeah. to them. I know a story. Uh, I don't know the the family. I don't know the person, but I know the story of someone that ordered them online, got them, and died. Hmm. Because there was fentanyl in them. It wasn't what they thought they were getting. Not from a pharmaceutical industry. No, 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 no. Ordered them overseas. And they actually are getting very good at making these things look Oh, legit. they look identical. So you, you really have to be careful. You have to get your prescriptions, you know, reputably because I would assume you have to almost default that there's a problem. If you don't get it the right way, you should default that there is a problem with that particular product anything sold on the street yes anything ordered online unless it's ordered from a large pharmaceutical drugstore chain or um you know walmart for example um cvs walgreens all those places are going to sell pharmaceutical manufactured drugs anything else ordered online yeah. may come from Canada, who knows, and it also may come from other uh, other places overseas. Yeah. So, outside so, of our borders. So there's important. No, there's no control. Even allergy medicine and things like that, you might see it being made in different countries and, you know, be very, Well, very a careful. lot of our drugs are made in different countries. Yeah, but you have to know, like, for example, there's a particular over-the-counter uh, medication that's made in Ireland. It's safe, but you have to know. Mm-hmm. You have to know that something is reputable. Dr. Bob, I think this is a good uh, part of your program. How have things, to talk about the following, how have things responded or returned, and I'll use the term normal, whatever that is anymore because so much has changed since the pandemic, but how normal are things at the agency? Well, we are, um, I think we are the closest to where we were in March of 2020, before we shut everything down briefly, um, we're the closest 
getting back to that, whatever that was. Um, I would never say that was normal because you right. know, That's what every it was. day was different. Yeah, th- that was what it was then. <laughs> right. But in, in March of 2020, we, um, we were operating two offices. We now have three offices that are operating in person. So, I mean, so we're, in fact, we have expanded. We have, um, we, one of the reasons we have the three offices now is because we had uh, six staff that needed to work in person and it was too many people for one of our buildings. Right. So we, we, had, we, expanded to a third location how much from the pandemic is in your repertoire still digital and things like that a lot Um, we still our staff meeting yesterday was on zoom Mm -hmm. Uh, i sat with two other people in person and was on camera and microphone uh, with them in the same room our meeting was zoom yes the board meeting but we have had board meetings the the last board meeting was in person in june so uh outside at a restaurant in mays landing but um I think that we're never going to go back to the way it was before. Um, I have been to many in-person meetings in the last several months. Um, probably before the spring of this year, I wasn't at, at very many, if not, if any, in-person meetings. But I've been to um, uh, you know professional meetings. I went to a meeting on Friday hosted by the county to discuss uh, what is going to happen with the funds that the county is receiving from the opioid settlement. Uh, the states, counties, and municipalities have um, all settled with the uh, pharmaceutical industry, Janssen, a mm-hmm. part of J&J, and three uh, distributors, uh, McKesson being one of them. So you could see them picking different agencies to... Well, they not just agencies, but um, there are 40 or 50 actual permitted uses of the funds. Just like, if you recall, in the tobacco settlement mm-hmm. in the late uh, 80s, um, it was a multi, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars going to 46 states or so. And there were rules about what you could do with the money and what you couldn't. They didn't prohibit states from taking all the money and putting it to get education or roads and bridges. They, did, they didn't want all of it to go into tobacco prevention, of course, because it was coming from the tobacco industry. They didn't want to see all this money earmarked for tobacco prevention because that would have hurt. So they had all these restrictions of what, what, what the money could and couldn't be used for. The same is true in this opioid settlement uh, funds. The funds have to be used specifically for to address opioid use disorders. It can't be used for general purposes. Which Atlantic Prevention Resources does good work. We do. We, ha- we have the, uh, the, the Atlantic County, we operate the Atlantic County Overdose Fatality Review Team, which doesn't specifically concern ourselves with opioids, but it, it is largely based on opioids. You just made me think of something. Um, and we're about a minute. Well, now, we have a few minutes because we have the six minutes at the top. So we're not a minute from halftime. We're, we've got about three, four minutes. And if you need more, you, you, you got plenty of time. There was something that you talked about on your show a few times in the past that you were compiling certain data to see if there were dots that could be connected in terms of uh, – people who lose their lives is there some common denominators about all of that how, how's all that going we have found some um as you say common denominators um people who have overdosed and I, yesterday we completed our 68th case i believe uh these are the the, the decedents we discussed yesterday and in full reverence, we we talk about their lives. We talk about we read their obituaries if there is one. Mm-hmm. We talk about them as people yeah. who have gone through, uh, and their family members who have gone through, you know, just literal hell. Yes. And um, but we have found these these things that 
keep popping up. Things like certainly fentanyl. In a large amount of these cases, fentanyl out of sixty-eight, involved. how many is fentanyl involved? Uh, approximately, uh, uh, it was it was at least two thirds. Wow. Yeah, it was many. Probably, so there you probably go. Probably more. That's right. huge. That's huge. See, the reason I brought this up is I didn't know what the number was, but at sixty-eight, you're getting to add a number now where if you see the same thing a bunch of times. That's statistically relevant. And this is just Atlanta County. Yes. And this is just the cases that we're getting from the medical examiner's office. So two-thirds involving fentanyl at least. tells you that's an epidemic. That's, that's the issue. That That is largely the issue. Were there any other things that were? One in five are taking place in um, certain facilities. Um, I, I don't want to mention what the facilities are yeah. on the radio, but... Uh, there's a common denominator okay. in where these t- these overdose deaths are taking place. So it's another factor that you're going to be able to document. Mm-hmm. And and at the end of the day, and address, this can help be proactive right. and prevention, which yes. is the name of the game. That's what, that's the, the, the goal is to try to find some th- common denominators and address those issues as best we can. With the help of, you know, our, our county partners and also other state officials and try to, perhaps through legislation, and and try to prevent, you know, ongoing, and the ongoing epidemic. I think that's really terrific. 31 minutes past the hour. We'll take a brief time out back in a little bit. You're listening to Dr. Bob Zlotnick, the president and the chief executive officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources with Dr. Bob. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back. It's Dr. Bob Zlotnick at 37 minutes past the hour, the president and chief executive officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources. My very good friend, Jim Schroeder III, is observing the program, program monitor today. And he wrote in, good morning, what an inspiring interview. And he said, great to listen to you driving around the county. And he's meeting uh, with with folks today and uh, visiting with our esteemed county clerk and all of that. Jim, you're a good man. You're a good friend. And, Bob, I tell you this off air, so why shouldn't I say it on air a little bit? Your program really makes a difference. I hear from people a lot that are going through tough times and the information that you bring has helped a lot of people. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. It's important. It's what you're about. Mm-hmm. It's what you do. Well, I, I think bottom line is that we don't want any, uh, and our mission is the prevention of the harm mm-hmm. caused by substances, alcohol, tobacco. Let uh, me let me bring up tobacco, but I'm not going where you think I'm going. Okay. Even though I had a call as recently as yesterday, I think it was, and you, you have to admit that's gotten very quiet. So that's probably not good news. But that's not where I'm going right now. I'm going into the area of how is Atlantic Prevention Resources doing with your smoking cessation program? It's doing really well as of last month. Uh, so our July numbers were we hit we well hit the mark and went well over, I believe. Um, it, it, on a month to month basis, we ha- I think one month since we started in uh, early 2019. Uh, 2018 this started only one month we haven't hit our numbers and that is that's 20 great. that is 20 new clients a month and that's during a pandemic for a yeah well yeah time. for the last couple of years yeah um we we pivoted of course immediately um to to in um 
moving everything onto uh, electronic means, telehealth. How much do you think the pandemic hurt uh, relative to people that had been sober um, slipping up, whether it's alcohol or, or drug use or smoking again? Because there was a lot of pressure, and that, that could easily make someone that was holding on or doing even very well have a slip-up. Did you see a lot of that? I saw some. Um, you know, we don't we don't see, you know, a lot because we're a small agency. I saw some, you know, in some personal friendships I have. Um, I, I, I just, as a person in recovery, um, I myself was, you know, had exceedingly high levels of stress early on until we sorted everything out. Um, you know, professionally, personally, I mean, I was afraid. I was watching television one night, um, probably in late March or early April of 2020, and I had to turn the TV off because I got a little anxious yeah. about what was going on in Italy, of all places. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it, was, you know, it was very bad. You know, a thousand people were dying a day in Italy and, uh, you know, in an advanced country, in a you know, first world country. They and, got they got absolutely crushed at and, that point. And that made me, like, for the first time, afraid for my own personal safety and that of my family. Um, I'll but, tell you what was very, um, very much got my attention. I saw friends and people that I know very, very well that were dying. And there was a point in time where there, people didn't know anyone that even had it right. or any of that, but then it became very real from that point on. And then, then I remember saying on air, I don't think there's anyone that doesn't know someone who has had COVID-19. And then I said, I don't think there's anyone that doesn't know someone that's died from COVID-19. Then it got very close to almost everybody has had COVID-19. Uh, I made it, Bob, 806 days. Hmm. I went to New York, and three days later, I was positive. Uh, I was really careful. But, you know, it is the kind of thing um, you can't be too careful because you, we, we had to still live. I wasn't going to put myself in the John Travolta boy in the bubble no, suit. No. So you had to live. Uh, this particular event is one of the highlights of my year. So I wasn't going to miss it. And I went the year before. And and, fine. and was fine, but just so happens, you know, got me. Uh, and I know so many people. I, I think the, 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 I don't know whether to call it a positive or, you know, where we're at now, vaccines, therapeutics, and the fact that it's not as deadly. It's it, not it's, as deadly it's, as it it's was. It's much more uh, manageable at this point. Uh, it was not a pleasant experience, but... It wasn't, you know, the end of the world either, and, and I was back within five, seven days. Uh, little residual, though, you know, that it doesn't just end. It just didn't disappear. You know, a little, little cough, just fatigue a mm -hmm. little bit, you know, tiny little bit of brain fog and some mm. things like mm. that. Look, I, I believe, and it doesn't really matter at this point, I believe it was engineered, and Deborah Burks also believes it was engineered because she said she's never seen. I wish she would have said that to us uh, when she was in the position. I, I don't like it that she says it to us now. But <laughs> she said it, it came out swinging in a way that anything that happens more organically, like at a wet market or something like that, it was, it was made to wreck you. <laughs> and then, of course, over time, it mutates. And unless you know something I don't know... All of my study on this issue 
a, t- a type of this is a coronavirus, which the cold is a Common coronavirus, cold, right? and there's never been a cure in the history of the world for a coronavirus. You just treat symptoms. You can treat the symptoms, just like you treat the common cold, but you've never cured the common cold. Well, they're antivirals that will knock viruses out. Correct. But, but you won't cure a coronavirus at this stage. Maybe somewhere down the road with something we don't know that doesn't exist presently could could change that. But there's never been a coronavirus ever cured, only treated. But the good news is this has gone, according to Hoyle, insofar as as it mutates, it's gotten weaker. So that's good. That is good. I think that's how, when you think about it, how did we go from the 1920s pandemic, which decimated the world, to the roaring 20s within a couple of years and they didn't have any they didn't have anything that we had no vaccines no therapeutics so you either that strain got weaker right, right. It, it got weaker as it mutated so hopefully that's where we're at and i do i don't know if you agree but i believe we are not in a pandemic that this is now in an endemic phase and we just have to it's part of society i mean you have to manage it but I don't think we should manage it like a pandemic. We should manage it like a nuisance that we take very seriously. Well, it's still a public health issue that we have to deal with. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree, though, that it's a public health emergency at this point in America. But it is a public health issue. There's no question about it. And it will be for a long time. I think uh, it's going to be around for, yeah, a long, long time, mm-hmm. without a doubt. How has the... Um, the pandemic affected the agency, Atlantic Prevention Resources, insofar as I've said all throughout this, telemedicine came of age, and there were people very adverse to telemedicine. They just didn't compute that I got to be with the doctor. The doctor <laughs> has to see me. Right. I can't do this thing. I mean, when I had COVID-19, I had an amazing appointment on a Zoom chat with my doctor, and I felt every bit like I was being examined, even though it was a video chat. Now, I think there are certain things that where if the doctor can touch you, a physical and things like that, but that's here to stay now. Some of these digital technologies are here to stay for you, right? Yeah, I mean, we- Why not? There's no reason. If you can't make a meeting in person, but you could make the meeting and participate by Zoom, why not? Right. Uh, and and historically, we always did, uh, you know, had other options for people who who weren't able to make something. We would do a telephone. Uh, we didn't do Zoom very frequently before, or WebEx or anything like that. Skype, but we didn't have the facilities for it. But um, we would, you know, make an exception once in a while if somebody was running late or had a car problem at our treatment center, for example. We could they would call in. We would talk to them briefly, you know. But um, but now the whole world has changed upside down. So, I mean, I, I had a doctor's visit, like you said, yeah. on, on, on uh, yeah. you know, some, a medical... Uh, you know. on, on a video chat, I've had right? Several. I've had several. Do, do you have any problem with it? None. Me None neither. Yeah. But, but people did have a problem with it in the past, and they were very... My, my, one of my doctors, Dr. McGee, he's been doing uh, telemedicine for the longest time, many, many years, a decade before the pandemic at least if not 13 or 14 years before the pandemic. And most people were like, this is like, you know, alien. Hmm. They, but, but then the pandemic happens. Now you start to think like this. I don't know about you. I didn't like going into doctor's offices where there were sick people. At the beginning, yeah. There were sick people in right. there. 
that have stuff I don't want to get. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you go in and it's like, oh, you're not even so bad. It's just some viral thing. It'd be okay in 24, 48 hours. And meanwhile, maybe I've waited in that waiting room for an hour around people hacking and all this stuff. You know, and I know they have certain places where well patients can be in a different area than the sick patients. But as you know, not all have that. No. And many don't. So for me, I'm going to take the digital every time unless there's a reason not to like some kind of exam right. that you can't do. A broken bone, for example. Exactly. Right. Or right. maybe the annual physical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no reason. Agreed. So this technology uh, it, that it, changed it, continues. It does. And we, we still have many meetings uh, on Zoom. Yes. Our overdose fatality review team, we have never had an in-person meeting for that group. Yeah. And so and I can't imagine ever going back to an in-person meeting or going starting in-person meetings for that since we it's not going well, back. Well, I'll give you an example. It worked out perfectly for me. I had a meeting right before our board of trustees meeting. And then I had my weekly digital meeting with Chelsea right after you. I couldn't possibly have gone to your meeting no way. and done that and done the one before that, but I got all three in from the privacy of your own of my own home office. Comfort, yep. With my nice pictures that I like <laughs> behind me in the background that you may have saw. I did. Uh, behind me. Uh, so, yeah, it's great. We're going to take our final break. We'll be right back. 48 minutes past the hour. Dr. Bob Zlotnick, President and Chief Executive Officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources. This is. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. It's one of the top 5K events in America today, held on the last Sunday in September. The Tunnel to Towers 5K Run and Walk New York City event. That signature event has inspired about 80 other runs, walks, and climbs across our nation. Proceeds from events, including dozens of golf outings and barbecues, support the Foundation's programs. Register for an event in your area, volunteer to start one, and join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, great one. It's Hurley in the Morning with Dr. Bob Zlotnick, the President and Chief Executive Officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources, our monthly visit together here in the 9 o'clock hour on the second Tuesday of every month. From the pandemic to the present, what is the biggest effect impact to Atlantic Prevention Resources? I would say staffing. And um, historically, we had very low turnover in most of our programming. You have uh, a lot of long-term people. We do. We do. and we, Which is impressive. And we've, uh, you know... It says it, a lot, by the way. Well, it, it, it's much easier to retain staff, good staff, than to recruit and train and, you know, break in new staff. But as you know, if you look at many companies around the country, 
you don't see a lot of uh, 20 and 25 year uh, type employees because at some point they either feel like they're not respected or treated right or paid right or take the you know the fool's gold to take an increase and and go you know and be a stranger somewhere I, I longevity to me as an old executive tells me and it's a compliment to you there's a good boss that takes care of people the right way but I give you a lot of credit because you take care of your team but you also take care of your responsibilities as a CEO well, we, we do what we have to do. Yeah. Uh, we meet our, our goals and objectives of all of our programming. and uh, but, but I don't do that myself. I mean, that, that's what the staff does and, and the leadership, you know, the, uh, the, the middle management, so to speak, at Atlantic Prevention Resources, Kathy Harvey and our treatment program and Kathy McFadden in prevention and Kim Burns in tobacco. Uh, I, I rely on them very heavily to, to, you know, supervise their own staff and meet their goals. And so, um, Harry, as you know, when we, when we get a grant or, or a contract to do a service, um, we are paid based on not our performance, but just uh, meeting the specific goals, the objectives of the, of the project. Um, we can't really be held to performance. If we, you know, operating the Quit Center, we have to have 20 new clients a month. That doesn't mean 20 people have to stop smoking that No, month. you do your job right, and right. you do the best you we, can. We, the outcome is, yeah. you know, out of our hands, in large part. Not entirely, but in large part. We know what works. We know uh, that you know, for somebody to stop smoking, they have to change a lot of things in their life, not just giving up smoking. And, um, and, and that's why, as we talked about during the break, um, we are looking again right now for a, another uh, tobacco counselor, a, a, a nicotine cessation counselor. Um, because of turnover, we have had uh, we have an opening right now. Um, so um, we have several openings at Atlantic Prevention Resources right now. That's that's probably one of the the most lingering um, ill effects of the pandemic is just the the staffing issue. Which is not a staff. byproduct. It's it's not unique to Atlantic Prevention it's Resources. Not. It's a, it's actually a nationwide uh, situation for a lot of reasons that we don't have time to get into. I want to talk to you about your smoking program, though. Uh, at this point in time, because you've been doing it since somewhere within 2018, 2018 yep. uh, that's, that's enough to, to have a feel. How has it worked for those who have quit smoking? How are you doing with them staying smoke-free? Well, we've got clients who have gone through our quit center who are smoke-free for many years now. And we have one who was here not yes. too long ago. That was fun. Rich, yes. who is smoke-free four-plus years right now. I think five years maybe. And um, so, you know, we, we're it, – it is very gratifying. I mean, the, the work that I and my staff do is extremely gratifying sometimes, not always. Uh, you know, we, we lose people. We yeah. lose people from our treatment program yeah. who relapse. We lose people from our quit center who start smoking again or don't ever stop. But we take small victories too. Somebody's smoking two packs a day and they cut down to a pack or 15 cigarettes a day, that's a victory. Yes. Because that's going to extend their life and improve the quality of their life. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's a, it's a, it's a really so good there point. Are, there are many victories along the way. So even if we don't get somebody to totally quit smoking, um, maybe they're now on some nicotine replacement and smoke half or a third of what they used to smoke. And the thing about smoking, as you well know, it's meant to hook you. It's so addictive. You want it. Well, and the cigarettes you, are engineered. That's what to, I'm saying. Yeah. 
That's you said it better. I said it a little more clumsily, but that's what I'm saying. It's it's meant to hook you, and so stopping that. I think you've even talked about on your show. There's like a rewiring of the brain, right? Mm-hmm. Takes years. Yeah, it is very difficult. I I quit myself, and so I know. How long did you smoke before you quit? About nine years. So that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, but it it didn't. You had to do it a couple times. No, no, just no. once. You, well, you, the, when I quit smoking, I quit for good. That's good. Before that, a lot of times it's multiple. Yeah, attempts, I, so. I never really consciously tried to quit smoking. I may have cut down. There may have times when I didn't smoke for short periods of time, but I wasn't consciously quitting. I was a young person. Um, I smoked from about uh, 15, 14 or so till about 25. Even being young, though, did you feel the difference when you stopped smoking? Mm, I didn't. I, well, you were very young, but an older person would feel the difference mm-hmm. walking up steps or anything physical. Yeah, I, quit sm- I think I quit smoking around my 24th birthday. And um, so... Yeah, I, I, and I was not a heavy, heavy smoker. Right. I didn't smoke. But you were also in the peak physical years of... I suppose. Yeah, yeah. young and yeah. healthy and all that. Older, though, you see people that smoke, and if they've smoked for decades, walking up a flight of steps, they're heaving. It's yes. tough. Well, that one of the reasons why I quit smoking was I did a charity event for, um, just coincidentally, uh, uh, a lung disease, <laughs> cystic fibrosis. Wow. And... Um, and I was walking up 36 flights of steps at 1818 Market Street in Philadelphia. And I, on my way up, was passed by multiple people, including Max Gomez, who used to be the health reporter for... I know Max <laughs> Gomez, yeah. And, and he was twice my age and passed me on his fourth trip. So I realized that there was something wrong with me. Uh, I mean, I got to the top, and I, oh, I didn't need oxygen, but I felt like I could have used oxygen. All right, so that that answers my my point. You were feeling I was well walking thirty six flights okay. up a, a building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But had you not been a smoker, you would have. I don't know that because I did have asthma. Okay, as, as a younger person. I so, got you. So and but and smoking with asthma just it's insane. Now, I mean, I think about. But when it, you start just, seeing people lapping you and stuff, you yep, think it like, well, somebody twice my age. Yeah, I gotta. <laughs> you know, this is not the path I want to be on. I mean, he was the health reporter and it's he was true. in good shape, but still, that's, yeah, he was probably in his forties. That is a great story. <laughs> well, that that's one of the re- that was uh, that was the one of the um, you know the final straws. The the final straw was I went uh, on a, my first date with my my wife, Julie, and I pulled out a cigarette and she said, oh, you smoke? And I said, yeah, is that an issue? And she said, it's going to be. <laughs> and so I quit. Wow. That was it. That's that was my last cigarette. I'm going to give Julie credit for this. <laughs> Max and Julie. Yeah. Well, you know, the good thing about that, though, is. Uh, and, I, and I quit on the birthday of my, uh, the, the 33 years ago, uh, the birth date of my, 34 years ago, of my nephew. He was wow. born on that day. Wow. So every year I share an a anniversary of my quitting smoking with, with his birthday. Here's something I did share on uh, Facebook with you and privately with you, but not on air. My deepest condolences on the passing of your mother. I know what she meant to you. Thank you. She, Tough, was, a, right? she was a good woman, good yeah. mom, and uh, she taught and, me right from wrong. And you had her for a long time. I did. And uh, even though she moved to California 28 years ago, 27 years ago, um, we were still in very close touch. 94 years she got. 94 and a half almost. (sighs) Now, how many of the 94 and a half years, I'm always big on this, how many of the 94 and a half years were quality for her? Up till 90. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you could punch your card and get 90 productive years where you can be vital 
and physical and get mm-hmm. around and do oh into her, is, into her mid to late 80s she was riding her bike still wow she played tennis into her 70s fantastic yeah. yep got good genes mm-hmm. in the family because I, I know several of your relatives your uncle lived very long too right yeah her her older brother he lived till 94 I used my, to, my dad you used to see him yep Pretty regularly, right? Yeah, I moved right? him to Linwood here yeah. for the last couple of years. Wow. My dad passed at 93 five years ago. So, Good gene pool. Yeah. Well, you got a lot of work to do, so this is good that <laughs> we, we have a window in, into what you can expect. I always ask you this uh, from time to time. What is the state of the agency, Atlantic Prevention Resources? Well, right now we are um, building back. <laughs> I don't want to say better. But build back better? No, I'm just saying building uh, no, no, back. We, we didn't really lose much. Uh, we are trying to um, get back to a place uh, staffing-wise and, you know, trying to, to catch up for – there was there were lost opportunities. How creative did you have to become? Because where I give you a lot of great credit is th- this is a once-in-a-hundred-year, you know, thing. No one alive really had any experience in how do you deal with, a, you know, a deadly global health pandemic where everything at one point was shut down. And here you are an agency that actually close contact with people is a big part of your, you know, your, your, your playbook. Yeah. How challenging, how creative did you have to become to set up all these things that didn't exist like virtual Tr- uh, seminars and virtual um, sessions. We did forest friends with kids yeah. on video. Yeah, on through through school. Um, you know, d- displayed on the you know in, on the computers. You had to the reinvent the whole yep. paradigm. Everything challenging. It was challenging, but my staff just you know came to the rescue and and really just um, it was amazing. Well, if you think it's about amazing. it, like what teachers did. Teachers all of a sudden one day it was virtual learning. Right, just and like that. It never happened before. Right. Mm-hmm. And you had it happen to you, and you were able to adapt. Some, well, we had to. Some were not able to adapt and right. s- cease to exist now. Right. You did have to, but well, you did it. Right. We could have said to our funders, we can't do these anymore, and right. just like sent contracts back yeah. and written checks and sent them back. Yeah, but you didn't do that. No, we didn't. You found a way to get it done. Yeah. Final minute. Yeah, I, I don't think we could have come back from that. If we had just stopped providing services, if you had folded entirely. the tent, yeah, yeah. We, we we couldn't have come back for that because we had this reputation, this very long-standing, really good reputation, p- primarily in the schools of Atlantic County and with other human service agencies, with government, uh, and um, people rely on our services. Do you also agree? And I wish we had another minute, but we don't. We have about forty seconds. That you were really needed during that time because there were a lot of issues going on with mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. People were stressed out. Yeah. People needed... They needed you. Needed to cope and... Like, if, imagine they needed you and if you were shut down, it would have just been one more, right. you know... And one thing that didn't shut down were the liquor stores, the bars, yeah. and stayed open. Yeah. People... The drug- I, I understood that and I know it sounds counterintuitive, but there were a lot of people that thought, oh my God, you know, I can't go to church, but I can go to the liquor store. That was conflation. There was a reason they kept the liquor stores open. And that open. was so people didn't go into, into detox correct. and flood the hospitals. Correct. During a pandemic. Yes. Great to visit with you. Thank you, Harry. A lot of good content. Dr. Bob Zlotnick, until next time, I'm Hurley in the morning. Here is Brian Kilmeade. I will see you already once um, 